Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. We've got another episode of Carpool Rugby League coming your way. And, um, well, Griffo, we're halfway through the season. We, sh- we sh- Actually, we should be doing our semester one report cards for the pre-season challenge. We're halfway through the competition. We had football last week. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about um, week one of the pre-season challenge. Some big games coming up this week. Um, week two of the pre-season challenge. The biggest one's going to be the World Club Challenge. We've got the Charity Shield happening um, and a lot of players coming back, but um, yeah, it's 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 good to have footy on the TV. No, it's great. Yeah, um, I sort of saw bits and pieces of most games last week. Uh, I didn't watch too many full games for a variety of reasons. Um, but yeah, it was it was just good to see the rugby league back on the screens. Um, And, uh, you know, a new team in there. Uh, we had a team in there for the North of England as well. I didn't really see too much of that game. I'll see plenty of them this week, though. Mm. Yeah, and they're in the one. top eight. They are. They're in the top Tell eight us. if you look at the ladder. Um, the, the big one we're probably building to preview is the World Club Challenge. Uh, we like to, to think of that as, you know, I suppose the Super Bowl of Rugby League. It, it's really the... Um, yeah, well, they call it the World Club Challenge. It's the World Cup. It's to find the best team in the world. Penrith looking to do so. Uh, yesterday, um, we were there when the team for Penrith was announced, and there are a few players that uh, you would expect may be there that aren't. We'll get to all that team news a little bit later on. But considering there was football this week, Griffo, um, surely we've got a Griffo's grab. So I might just see what you've got this week for Griffo's grab. What stood out this week, mate? Yeah, um, yeah. Look, it's uh, it's something from the uh, the Panthers Power game. We saw those two teams last year play the NRL Grand Final, um, and of course, there's no Grand Final in the uh, in the uh, whatever it's called. What do they call it? Preseason Challenge. Preseason Challenge, yes. Yeah, no Grand first Final. First over the line, a bit like the football. Yeah, it's first past the post. That's right. Mm. Um, but out of the uh, the game at Penrith, which I did not attend, um, I, I went into the city and I saw, um, I saw bits and pieces on screens, um, but I did watch a full replay um, when I got home and, and then into the next morning. Um, but there was a there was a standout out there uh, where uh, Parramatta were attacking the Penrith line. And I don't know who threw a pass, but it went like 10 metres behind sort of uh, where it was intended. Um, the reason for that was the pressure that uh, young Lindsay Smith put on the the passer. I, I don't know who passed the ball. I didn't take that much notice. I was more interested in, in who caused him to 
<clears throat> throw an errant pass, and it was Lindsay Smith, who didn't really get any credit at all from the commentators, um, which was a little bit understandable because of, of what happened uh, after. And that was um, Sunia Taruvo, Tito. He chased, uh, and then he was at full stretch to get his foot onto the ball. Um, you know, if it was if it was football, he might have been in a bit of strife for raising his leg. But he got got to, he got the ball on the toe, and then um, coming from the well, I was going to say coming from clouds, but there weren't any clouds. It was forty degrees. It's, it's um, was uh, Jesse McLean outpacing the uh, the para players? He got to the ball first. Again, he put it on the toe. Uh, showed plenty of pace to get to the ball first, and then it was a race for the line, and he got yeah. over. Um, I think it was Isaac Lumi Lumi round his legs, but scored the try. So we we saw, uh, well, we'll call it about an eighty meter try, mm. um, with a variety of different skills that we don't see too often put together. But um, for mine, it it, uh, it heralded uh, a potential star um, on the horizon. Uh, Penrith in, in Jesse McLean, uh, I thought his performance initially in attack, uh, where I think he started on the wing, and he then in the, later he came into the centres. And what impressed me about his his performance when he went into the centres was his defence was rock solid. Mm. Um, so that caught my eye for a variety of reasons. Obviously, you know, listeners know I, I support the Panthers. I don't want to be too pan-centric, but um, the loss of Stephen Crichton at the end of the season, uh, I think um, I think what we saw last week is that the guy who's going to take his spot is is a ready-made replacement there in Jesse McLean. So that's, mm. uh, that's the grab for this week. Yeah, and, and, and for those who are wondering, uh, just to give a timestamp, that try was scored in the 38th minute. So if you've got KO or Fox Sports and you want to have a look at the grab... Uh, the 38th minute of the game is where you'll find that Jesse uh, McLean Griffo's grab. Um, I mean, I know he's already got Griffo's grab, but he'll be looking, obviously, for more time in first grade. And just to, um, I suppose, just, just talk very briefly, because we're going to talk about some of the players that stood out over the weekend. Um, one of the players who was in a different team, Charlie Staines, he, he left the club. Uh, he was a winger. He's, he's obviously looking for opportunities uh, to play fullback and other positions and so forth. But I think this Griffo just sort of highlights um, a bit of the reasoning behind some of the decisions that are being made when you see some of the quality coming through in the young Panthers outside backs. I think it, it just shows when those decisions have to be made, whether they move players on or so on and so forth, uh, you'd, you'd have to think uh, with some of that talent there in the outside backs that Penrith are pretty confident they can cover the departure, not only of a depth signing like Staines, but as you said, um, coming up next year with uh, Crichton leaving. Yeah. Um, look, Charlie Staines was on, on pretty decent money um, for a guy that effectively wasn't in the top 17. We know he did play in the grand final and he deserved his spot and he did well. But he was in there due to the injury to Tail and May. So Charlie Staines, not in the top 17, if everyone was fit. Um, 
he leaves the club as a premiership winner. And um, there's only a, a certain percentage of NRL players who can say they won a premiership. Mm. Um, so he's forever going to be a premiership winner and he's forever going to be part of the history of the club. Um, and good luck to him. Uh, he obviously believed that his opportunities to play in the NRL were greater at the Tigers. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot of that game. Um, he did get, uh, he sort of got trampled at one stage. Uh, Charlie Staines mm. is full of courage. Um, he's he's a fairly slight, slightly built lad, and he puts his body on the line. Sometimes he makes the tackle, and sometimes he doesn't. But you can't fault him. He always gives it everything he's got. But physically, he does come up against some players that are quite significantly bigger. And in one-on-one tackles, I'm not, not be too critical. I think it might have been Marcello Montoya. It who, was um, Montoya. But went over the, the top of him. Yeah, it's been on a bit of a highlight reel, especially around social media, um, for one of his tries. Montoya, just while we're mentioning players that stood out uh, in that game, it was the first game of the week on Thursday last week. The Warriors having a massive win over the Tigers, uh, albeit you know, plenty of reserve-grade players uh, in the squads. But Montoya, he was one of those players that really impressed. He got three tries, um, four line breaks. He he was very impressive, and I think uh, he was more than just that that one run over the top of Stain. So I, I was pretty impressed. All right, with well, good on yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see that, that much of it, but you know, um, he's a guy that's been around for a while. Yes, played played with the Bulldogs. Not a huge amount of success. Obviously, he's got talent, though, um, and good luck to him. Yep. Uh, the, obviously, that was the, the Warriors-Tigers game. Um, the woes continue for the Tigers. You mentioned the ladder. Um, I suppose I'm digging the boot hit in here a little bit. Just when Tigers fans didn't think it could get worse last year after coming uh, 16th in the Premiership, uh, they're currently coming 18th in the uh, preseason challenge, obviously. 18 teams there with uh, St. Helens making... Up the um, up the numbers. Uh, being out here for the World Club Challenge, uh, I, I mentioned the Warriors being the Tigers on Thursday. Uh, the Sharks got over the Knights in uh, their encounter in Gosford in the early game. Um, I, I wanted to talk not just because I watched this game very closely, but just very briefly about the South Manly game. But more so, this might surprise some of the listeners. I want to talk uh, a lot from a Manly point of view. Um, they they got the win in this game, uh, thirty points to twenty eight. Obviously, in trials, I know it's the preseason challenge, but in the trials, um, we don't look too much into the score. But I just wanted to, um, I don't know if you saw too much of this game, uh, Griffo. But there I was saw some, pieces. Yeah, there was some some young players coming into this game, that um, and some players that. You know, obviously new to the club, like Ben Condon. Um, I thought Bullimore was good. I thought Ben Trebojevic was outstanding. He he stood out. Another one that I thought was really yeah, good was um, one of your favourites, uh, Gordon Chen Kum Tong. He was very, very oh, good. Oh, Chen Kum Tong. He nearly, he nearly got my grab, you know. He, he, he had a good game. But I think 
what this leads us into the conversation here is, is uh, also to us, Cooper Johns didn't look out of place either. But I mentioned yeah, some of those other I players. Thought Cooper Johns. Yeah, I was just going to say he was he was outstanding too. But I mentioned those other players because of the forward pack. I think this team, um, they've got some great great depth in the forward pack. I also thought Jake Toby at the back and fullback was good. I just wanted to bring this to attention because these are players that um, are either new to the club or young and coming through. And I, I don't know if Manly are a little bit of a sleeper this year in regards to if they get you know all their players on the field. Uh, consistently throughout the year, and even if some of these players push for first grade spots, I think they're going to have a one of those seasons where there's some real healthy competition for first grade spots, which we know from previous seasons from any club that that brings out the best in players when they're looking over their shoulder, worried that there's a young bloke taking their spot. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know that they, they won that game, and they're second on the ladder. Uh, yeah, they only won by two points, but that, that was enough. Um, they got some giants there. They already had giants. Um, you know, uh, it, it's Manly's one of those teams. I still think that their their season hinges on 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 Turbo. Um, if if Turbo plays twenty games, I reckon they make the eight. And if he doesn't. Well, you know, if he only plays a small number of games, well, they they don't make the eight. It's pretty simple, really. Mm. Um, you know, South didn't have their best side out there, uh, but yeah, there was, there was signs of hope for Manly. Um, you, you mentioned Cooper Johns. I thought he he, he looked good in in bits that I saw. Mm. Um, He's getting yeah, another I, crack this week because Cherry Evans isn't playing. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, yeah, well, he, he had stuff. a few games. He was at the Storm for a number of years. He's, he's a manly junior mm. um, returning home to the Northern Beaches. Um, yeah, it's it's a good opportunity for him. Uh, I don't know that they've got too many other halves uh, on the production line there or not. Um, but you can only put your best foot forward, and, and that's what he did, so... Uh, obviously, DCE will be their their number seven, but you know, should anything happen there, uh, they've, they've got ready-made replacement Cooper Johns. Yep, yeah, he's got he's got the DNA to uh, <laughs> to impress, but also too, it's it's good to see it'd be good to see him make a name for himself because even the other night he um he did stand out. Uh, on on the other side in this game, there's probably two players I wanted to mention, and they're not players that um, people would have heard of. If you're a fan of Carpool Rugby League, you would have heard Shane talk about Talis Duncan. Um, he's he's one to watch. And I think now that we've seen him play Griffo, um, we both said to each other during the week, you know, in, in just general chat about the weekend's footy, uh, he, he reminds us as though he's the, you know, he's the next Cameron Smith. I know that's a big rap to put on him, but style of play. Um, he's he's that, he's that type of uh, Cameron Smith. Cameron Murray. Cameron Murray. Yeah. Cameron Murray. Yeah. Cameron no, Smith. It'd be good too, yeah. but he doesn't play like him. He plays like Cam Murray. My mistake. No. Sorry. <laughs> Cam right. Murray. Uh, Obviously, a being the a, a Cameron, okay. yeah. a Cameron, a um, an international. But yeah, he he sort of had a bit of Cam Murray about him. Mm. Yeah. 
Very impressive. Um, Shano, you know, he said that a couple of years ago. He talked about this young man. And uh, we had a conversation yesterday. Hmm. I, I think he's pushing for a top 17 spot um, with the skills that he's got. Yeah, I think he's going to be a permanent fixture in this Rabbitoh side for, for many years to come. Looks a yeah. great talent. I, I saw him play um, last year. He played for Malta. Um, and I've obviously got a, an interest in, in Maltese Rugby League. Um, and I, I thought he was by far their best player. And I didn't see the whole game, but they played a game against Lebanon at Belmore. And uh, yeah, he was very, very much the standout in that side uh, good good player mm. very good interesting though I, I think they're very cautious about mm -hmm. when they use him and when they play him and so on and so forth uh, i thought it was interesting that he's not listed in the 26 players to play the charity shield this week All right. um, yeah That's very strange. very interesting but one player who is listed and he is number 26 and i think um they had no choice but to put him in, and I'd imagine that uh, Cody Walker might get arrested at some stage. But that's um, Dion Tuapa. This young man on the weekend, he was very impressive. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I haven't seen a lot of him uh, at all. And given the, um, the situation with COVID and so on and so forth, there are a lot of these players that are coming through that we haven't had a lot of uh, opportunity to see. But... Um, you know, I talk about Talis Duncan being a bit like Cam Murray. I think that um, young Dion, he's played a lot of, he's, he's spent a lot of time at training with Cody Walker because he had uh, a lot of his traits uh, throughout the game, scoring a couple of tries. And um, yeah, he was just just involved all, all round. I thought he was quite impressive too. I don't know if it you noticed very him impressive. too much. Yeah, I did, yeah, I did see some of his work. Uh, very impressive young man. West Tigers junior, they said. Um yeah, so I think he's he's been in the South Sister. I think he's one of those ones, you know, like like what they often say at South Sydney. They say South Sydney Junior, but when he was a you know young teenager, they usually pick them from somewhere else. But I think he yeah. is from the the Balmain region. And um, when he was very young, he was um, yeah, he was he was um, asked to be a part of the South Sydney system. Yeah, well, and a good system it is. So um, yeah, he's a he's a guy. I think. We might not see, unless Cody gets injured, we might not yeah. see too much of him play in the NRL this year. But I think, looking to the future, he's certainly a guy that is, looks as though he's got some talent. And uh, yeah, these they unearthed some good, uh, some good last week, the Rabbitohs, as did. Yeah, this is. You know, I'm not a big fan, as you know, listeners will be aware, I'm not a big fan of trial games, but what they do uh, provide is is the opportunity to see the next generation coming through. Um, I don't go really. I, when I go, uh, I just go to watch first grade. I get there just before the game starts because you've got like 30 or 40 minutes with no, mm. no footy. And I don't want to waste my time just sitting there watching nothing. So I tend to get there. Um, reasonably just before the uh, the kickoff, so I don't see the the guys coming through really. Um, so that's that's one of the big pluses of of last week and and what will happen again this week. The opportunity to see these these guys coming through. And often you don't have a game before. You know, it depends on which game you're at, and sometimes you're lucky if you 
your, your club has a reserve grade team there. Um, and, and, and speaking of uh, calling people into the squad and having everyone on board, Shane has just joined us. <laughs> Call, How are you, talking, mate? Talking about... Yeah, it's, it's the trials. We've got the reserve in. People who belong in reserve grade, Shane's here. Um, nah, I, going, I actually... Yeah, going good. I actually think... Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, he wasn't on board. He had... Uh, actually, I actually had to go to Pantherland this afternoon and oh, it took oh, me geez. a bit longer than I thought, yeah. Uh, I, we were, I was I was gonna have a joke. We just um we were just talking about players that stood out, just going through each game. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Yep, we're actually yep. talking about um just before you come on. I I, I have a theory that uh, you're you could somehow sense that we were talking about uh, Talis Duncan and um, Dion yeah, Tuapa. We yeah, just finished yeah. talking about the South game. Um, but um, yep, yeah, very good. I, I think in some ways. Um, I think in some ways, uh, Talis Duncan's uh, performance uh, it has has raised the eyebrows of a lot of a lot of people. Um, when he when he was sort of when 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 Brisbane looked like they were very keen on him, you know, I know being called Talis, it's sort of you know he's actually from I think the Central Coast or thereabouts. Um, I think oh, I want to say Wollongong. Wollongong, sorry. Yeah, I think you might think, be right there, actually. Yeah, I think you're I right think there. The fans are he's, a, he's a New South Wales boy, is he? Yeah. Originally. Yes. Okay, it's just um, because yeah. I... Because, I, I, because all, he was named Tally. So yeah, yeah. And, and all the, and all the, and all the there, talk but. was he was going to go to, to Brisbane. And I think a lot of people thought maybe it was a bit gimmick. He's a bit gimmicky. Um, you know, like having the name, not too sure... And I think he's, I think he's, um, I think he's, he's, his role and the game he played on the weekend, I think it spoke volumes uh, of what this guy might be able to do down the track. Uh, look, um, someone who during the week probably got a very uh, helpful phone call from, from, I don't know who does the police drug testing in, 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 in uh, Sam Burgess. Sam yes. Burgess has said this kid, like he's got massive raps on him and and always has done. So so following part of Sam Burgess when he left, of course, when he retired and whatnot was to actually go around and, and look at park football and, and see what's happening out there and, and look for. So I think all the right people are sort of giving him the thumbs up and, and he came on the weekend, proved that. Uh, he he can he can play he can definitely play at the, at the level that the trial games are on and and the only way you learn your craft is you keep stepping up as as the weeks and as the weeks go on and as the years go on you keep stepping up to uh, until he gets a, a a first grade berth which which I think if he keeps going on this trajectory would probably be um, when Cameron Murray gets called up for Blues. I'm a which which I can only assume he will. It would be a oh yeah, it would be South Sydney. It would be an absolute. Yeah, be injured not to play. Be an absolute disarray. Please don't get though. I just said absolute disarray if he did. I was just saying to Griffo before you came on, Shane. It was interesting because um, we we were talking about that yesterday, and we obviously have um, big raps on him. I I think South are very cautious about how they transition him into first yeah. grade and the first step yeah. that i've seen of that is the fact that he is not named for the charity shield this week no and and i think i think it's it's about having a taste this is your taste it's not yep. your this isn't your role yet 
this isn't what we need. The other thing with the charity shield is I think I find trial matches for the very good, oh, I shouldn't say for the very good clubs. No, I will. For the very good clubs, the, the trial matches for your Penrith, for your South, for your Roosters, for your Storm, for your, they're to see how people go in certain situations. And when they, and when they do well, they don't need to see it again. It's almost like you've done your job. You're on ice now. Uh, I, and, and in my opinion, that's why Mamazelos is playing this weekend. I don't think he had a good outing against Manly. I think he was very quiet. I, I think defensively sound. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we did we did actually, far enough, when Talis Duncan went off, we tended, I thought that was when we looked the most vulnerable defensively. And I got a gut feeling that's why he's in, he's in the role. I, I know we're talking about it being a shootout between maybe him and and Taft for that 14 spot. I think Taft's got the 14 spot. Mm. My, in reflecting upon it, I actually think Mamazelos is there because it's like you just didn't do the job. And you've now got a week to reflect on how you can bounce back and do that job. Uh, Taft was brilliant. Uh, I, I think I think for Taft being number 14, he, we will see South Sydney on the weekend and he will play a true 14 role for maybe five minutes, for a period of time. I think when Mamazelos comes on, it will be to purely replace cool. Damien Cook as, mm. as a genuine, as a genuine tackle reserve. Tackle his butt off. And tackle his butt off. Like he did the other be, night. Yeah, I think he made about be, 36 tackles the other yeah. night. Which, but for, for a hooker these days, that's what you, that's what that's, you do. That's your job. And that's the problem. Yeah. It's, we were talking about, and I, I, I apologise to the listeners if, if we've already gone through this. These trial matches, if you're vying for first grade positioning, you have to set the world alight in these trial matches. You have to be man of the mm. match or there or thereabouts. And when you look at the other games on the weekend, there were young players who who were putting their hand up for their coaching and, and you know, who 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 played out of their skin. Um, Trebojevic, for example, had a, he was the yeah. best on the ground. And that's with Blake Taft playing an exceptional game. You know, putting your hand up and saying, look, you, you might think I'm 16, 17. I, I want to, by the end of the year, let you know I would love to be in 11 and 12. You know, like that. that's what you've got to set these games alight. And if you don't set these games alight, well, you've then got to go to the New South Wales Cup and set it alight. And I just think mm. if you're a genuine first grade contender, these trial matches, you should be man of the match or there or thereabouts. Yeah, and we've said that we said that too that you know in these games you should shine. Griffo, you mentioned already, and Griffo's grabbed that Jesse McLean got your got your grab for that effort in the thirty eighth minute. Um, Penrith beat Parra the other night. Uh, this was this was one of those games where if you went out to this game, it was as hot as can be. They showed it on the TV, and obviously you wouldn't sit on that. Uh, eastern side of the ground so hopefully the later kickoff helps you out a bit this week Griffo but for either side in this yeah. one I mean were, were there any players apart obviously we talked about Jesse McLean um, you also mentioned the big lad up front in Lindsay Smith um, what were your thoughts on some of these youngsters here because as we said this is pretty much the production line that's um, that's going to fill the spots of the likes of uh, Stephen Crichton there are um the guy that really impressed me is a guy that's going to uh, puck down in the second row this week, Zach Hosking. Mm. Um, 
he, he was very, very solid in, in defence. Um, it looks a little bit like Lindsay Smith, blonde hair and whatnot. I checked the number a couple of times, see who made that tackle or who, you know, who, who, who took that hit up. Lindsay Smith is probably a little bit taller, but um, both those guys stood out for mine. Um, obviously, McLean we mentioned. Um, I was I was quite impressed by Luke Somerton, who I think he scored the first try out with Dummy Off. I've seen him do that before. I think it was last year in the uh, in the game where the Penrith uh, Cup side took on the the Queensland team, the Interstate Challenge or whatever it's called, did something similar. He's a he's a player quite similar to Damian Cook in the way that he plays. I thought he was very good, um, but they were the guys probably that uh, stood out the most. Um, young, uh, Youngie, uh, the fullback, he was going pretty well, but he copped a knock and uh, concussion protocols ruled him out. Um, yeah, so it was, but they they were the main guys, uh, and and I think Hosking obviously uh, he he earned his place in this week's team. Uh, and he'll be a contender to, to be in Penrith's top 17 right throughout the year, um, as will Lindsay Smith. Yeah, and and, and as, as you said, like we'll see a bit more of Penrith this week. It'll be a totally different side. A lot of players coming back in, as we'll mention a little bit later on for their big match, the World Club Challenge. And the team they come up against are um, St. Helens. And the Battle of the Saints the other night, they defeated the Dragons. It was a bit hard, I think, fellas, to get a gauge on St. Helens for this week because they were coming up against um, a St. George Illawarra team that were missing a lot of players from their um, from their main squad. So I don't, I don't know if you guys saw too much of this. I, I find it's very hard to get a read on St. Helens, as I said, because, yeah, I, I think... When they come up against Penrith, we'll get a we'll get a bit more of an understanding of them. But a uh, lot of, I, think what, I mean, the Dragons. It's their first week, first week yeah. final. I think but, watching um, the game, Gray. Um, for me, what 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 sort of what sort of caught my eye, not the refers grab or anything, was um was I think the possession that that seemed to that seemed to swing St Helens' way. Um, I think a lot of people thought that maybe these clubs would be fairly evenly matched, you know, even though the Wahoos and George Illawarra had on the field um, wasn't probably their NRL side. The, the, the way the possession swung to, to, to St. Helens, I think I was, I was quite, I thought I was actually, I was actually quite impressed, impressed with the key, the key thing. I think the key thing I think is also that they're able to generate some really good line breaks um, they offloaded well. Um, they 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 had a lot of offloads. Um, they they were good in defence too. It seemed like every time they tackled, they tackled well. Like it was like it was like it was it, their their tackle efficiency or effective tackles to me felt good. Like I'm not I don't know what the exact number was. I think I think what's going to kill them is their completion rate. It just Felt like they were, you know, they were completing three out of four, like you no, know, they were completing what felt to be like seventy five percent. Yeah. Um, 
which which Penrith will absolutely murder you. <laughs> that's 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 that you you're gifting. Oh. You know, you, you Penrith would just murder you at that. I'm conclusion. giving a spoiler here. I think Penrith will absolutely belt them. I think it's going to be a cricket score. I I think based on what I, I saw on the weekend. And I, I know they won, but I think to be fair to St Helens, I think they I think they came out here. They played that. <laughs> I don't think this is the game on their mind. This, the Dragons game wasn't the game on their mind. Yeah. I think they ran out and did a job. Like it's, I think that's the way they looked at the game. It's going to be a killer on Saturday. Like, what's the weather? It's there's you know, something like mid thirties, mid to high thirties or something this the, weekend. The the report like, just like on the news, shoes. watching it before we went on. You know how they say the West, yeah. which is usually Penrith. Um, yep. They had for Saturday, obviously this is going to be the peak temperature, but they had a top of 39. It was sunny and 39. Okay. So even throughout, yeah, even with the delayed kickoff, um, which we'll talk about in a minute, that's yep. that's, that's that's hot. Yeah. And talking, talking, uh, yeah, and talking about dragons, I suppose, I gave St. Helens a run. I should probably talk about dragons. Uh, in watching the dragons, I, I felt... I a bit to say they, about them, actually. I, I, I actually, looking at the dragons, I felt that they... I felt that they were underdone. Um, they didn't have a lot of possession. Like I said, it, it did feel like that maybe 60-40 or, 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 you know, just under. That's what it would have been to me. Um, they did complete fairly well. They did complete. They completed a lot of their sets. I, I just thought they had no potency. Um, I can't remember an offload if they had one. They just had no potency. And no at, bonus at some point. Stage, <laughs> at some stage, well, at some stage, it just looked like they were going backwards and forwards. Um, it just looked like they were just, they were just, they were just going, there was no one going, there was no one going, sorry, backwards and forwards. It just looked like they were going side, side to side. side. There, there were very little potency. Um, they they didn't really feel like, they. you know what, they conceded a few penalties. Um, can I, I don't know if this is unfair. They looked unfit. They just didn't look like they, a team that that was conditioned or polished. I, look, I know that this is a trial game. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, you know, they could beat South this week. I'm not going to come out and totally rubbish them. But it just looked like, it just looked like they lacked, they just lacked polish and and, and go forward. It, it was like they were just going side to side and hoping, hoping um, something would open up. I think very early on, I think very early on in the first 10 to 15 minutes, I think they totally underestimated the St. Helens side that took the field. I think yeah. I think they treated them with a little bit of disrespect. And when they scored two tries in the first 10 odd minutes, I think all of a sudden it was like, oh, hang on. Uh, they're serious now. And then, then St. George hit back with two tries, but they just weren't fit enough to, to make it happen. And, St. Helens just did what they needed to win. I don't know if that's going to play well against Penrith, but no. But yeah, I I, I think if St. George, I think I think a full strength St. George side would have to play light years ahead of what they did the other day, just to finish outside the bottom three. I, I think you make a point. I, I don't because, know if that's unfair. I don't no, know if that's unfair. I, no, well, some that's some fans, St. George fans fair. are St. George fans are saying, "Oh, geez, fellas, you're unfair because." You know, there was no. Yeah, I'll, I'll rattle off some names here: Woods, Hunt, yeah, uh, Sewer, 
Sullivan, yeah, Molo, Fumiano, Sloan, yeah. Musgrove. But I think but what you're saying is it's the yeah, attitude. Like, the attitude it's, wasn't there. Yeah, and the effort. Yeah. And, and where I put this, this is this is where it's interesting. And this is one thing I want to ask you guys about because I feel like there's a bit of a trend sometimes with these new players because I want to talk about their, their fullback, Trey Stewart. Uh, he's, he's on the extended reserves list this week for the Charity Shield. Um, there, there was a bit of talk about him, and we saw uh, he's trying the first half. He showed some great footwork and some great talent. But then you have these fundamental errors where, you know, fielding kicks. So he's playing fullback, and he really struggled with the fundamentals of being able to catch a high ball and so on and so forth and made some really costly errors. But you, you often hear everyone talk about his footwork. I sometimes feel like some of these young blokes that are coming in, you get this this flashy bit of footwork and everyone's focusing on that. And you think, we need, at this level, as silly as it sounds, we don't need the fancy footwork unless you can catch yeah. a high ball. Yeah. Does that they make need, sense? It's like yeah, they can't see the forest for the George. trees. St. George for the last sorry Griff, I butted in there. St. George for the last for the last I don't know how many years have needed meat and potato footballers. They needed the meat and three veg of, of footballers. They don't need the guy that can quick they don't need, you know, the newest Benji Marshall or anything like that. They need they need guys who can put the ball under their arm and run. And that's why Ben Hunt just seemed to explode out of the blocks for him because he wasn't doing anything flashy. He was just playing really solid, good football going forward, you know, safety brain first, kicking it to corners. And all of a sudden, dragons look good when they do that. You don't need a flashy footballer, you know. The flashy footballer is not going to get the ball 10 metres out and score you a try. He will from 30 out from the opposition line, though. But they've got no one that can get the ball up there at times because no one's willing to do the hard yards. That's my opinion, anyway. I think uh, I think maybe either tonight or tomorrow, I might actually have a look at the the uh, KO mini of that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, I didn't. It was on in the pub I was at, but I wouldn't really take any notice. <laughs> I tell you what, if I was at a pub, Griffo, it would be, it would have probably been the last thing on my mind to go to yeah. to, to put my eyes up and watch the That's Dragons play. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that uh, you know these two teams are famous for the for the red V um, on white and Saint Helens were out there in blue. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose. I, know, I suppose. Alternate strip. Yeah. yeah I, well, I suppose you know. There's nothing worse than rocking up to the party and wearing respect, the same dress as someone bit else. Res, no. Bit of respect, maybe for the home side. You never know. Yeah. Oh, no. Of course. Yeah. Like, like you can't have two teams basically wearing the same kit, but. Um, I think they'll yeah, be wearing the famous one George. this week. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they're both both within their country. One of the most, if not the most famous rugby league um, strips in, in each yeah. of the two countries. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was Saint on Saint last week. <laughs> and uh, the Saint of England uh, was, was better than the Saint of, of the South Coast of New South Wales. Speaking of Saints, I've got a... Tidbit, Shane. Here's one for yep. you. A bit yep. of a... Oh, it's more a bit of trivia than anything. Um, we know that Will Hopawati uh, played a lot of football in the NRL. Mm-hmm. From what I've been told, that was the first time he'd ever played at Wynn Stadium. He played 184 games in the NRL and never once oh, at oh. Wynn Stadium. 
So that was the first time I played at Wynn Stadium, and it was for really? St. Helens. Would you believe it? But yeah, I, I think they're... Yeah, I mean, but it's very hard, as we said, week one of the preseason challenge, very hard to get, get a bit of a gauge um, of those two teams. And, and, and look, another two teams... That, that are really looking to be there at the pointy end of the season. Uh, we saw the Roosters play the Storm. The Roosters got the, the win in this one, as we said earlier on, Griffo. They are top of the table now. Uh, we had a joke, Shana, saying we should do our mid-season report card, given that it's halfway through the pre-season challenge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to, but I'm, I'm still not sure how the hell it all works. <laughs> this was one of those I'll games... This is one of those games, I think the big talking point, apart from, I mean, obviously we like talking about youngsters coming out of it, but I think the big talking point of this one, guys, is uh, the injury to Justin Olam. Uh, I think that's massive for the Storm. Uh, mm. Fractured arm. So mm. what we're hearing, I don't know if you've got anything different, Shane. Was it was it about mm. round, what do we think, was it six yeah. weeks, something like that? Yeah, it was. And, and they're looking at, you know, that's, and a lot of this, it's funny, like they're, they're, they're looking at, and 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 you've got to be very careful, rugby league listeners. Um, the clubs will tell you how many weeks that it, it, it is to get it right. They actually won't tell you how many weeks. Then he's got to rehab, go do some training, and um, and maybe on the field. I, I think I I I think with the Melbourne Storm, that you know most of the times when a Melbourne Storm player has an injury, you add extra two weeks onto that. That's mm. that seems to be about where they're at. Um, and so, so yeah, to add to that, Pappenhausen, the, Pappenhausen the club have said the what they're trouble. looking yep. uh, six to eight weeks of the season being missing. Effectively, Pappenhausen's missing the first two months of the season. So yep. if we're talking to our fans here south of the border, guys, we're, we're talking about a storm team who will be without two of their most influential um, I suppose backs, if you're talking about uh, mm-hmm. the players that are numbered, especially one to one to five. Obviously, their halves are on another level. But I, I know Griffo. This is we we had this conversation off air yesterday, where this has actually started to question. We you're you're basically questioning their credentials. Um, it's not only a top four team, but depending on how you know how long these injuries impact, it could could also impact their ability to be a, a, a shoe-in for the top eight, as many have just assumed they have been every other year. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I don't know if the Melbourne Storm have ever missed the top eight since the um, you know debacle of, of all the salary cap rorts and whatnot. I think they've been in the top eight every year. I could stand corrected on that, but they're... They've been the most consistent team in this century. Um, they're always up there. And I, I think this year it's, um, I think, was it, you said they were third favourite with one of the betting agencies? Yeah, so when I was looking at um, the Premiership winning odds yesterday i'll get you updated odds because you know i I mean i couldn't imagine them changing uh too much but yeah they were um they were right at the 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 pointy uh end there i'm just gonna double check that for you sorry uh but yeah the the panthers at four dollars roosters at 650 then the storm at seven so they are third favorite for the premiership um 
No, I don't agree. I don't agree at all with that. Um, Six bucks for the minor premiership. Look, they've got some of the finest talent in the NRL. Uh, The likes of uh, Monster, Jerome Hughes. uh, Monster's the best number six. Jerome Hughes is in, I think he's in the top three number sevens. Um, Harry Grant is the best number nine. And a fit... uh, Flying Dutchman, you know, Ryan Pappenhausen, uh, you know, he's at his best. He's probably in the top three fullbacks. Um, however, uh, there is a massive question mark on when he's coming back. But even more importantly than that, is he going to be the player that we knew him to be? This is a very mm-hmm. serious injury for a guy whose game is built around speed, is he going to have that same speed? And if he doesn't, he's not going to be anywhere near as dangerous as he has been. Um, and I really hope he comes back 100% because our game needs guys like him. And he's an excitement machine. And... uh you know, he, he seems like a really uh, good guy off the field. Um, a, a close mate of mine uh, knew him quite well from, from his days at Oak Hill College. You know, he was a school captain. He, he's he's a fab, fabulous guy, apparently. Um, so on a personal level, I just, you know, wish him all the best. But, but you know, that aside, like, he's he's one of the most exciting guys in, in our game. Um so I hope he comes back 100%. If he doesn't, um, oh, we've lost him. Yeah, I, 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 I think we understand the um, the impact there. So you're looking at, you know, it's not just a case of when he's back, it's a case of uh, how how fit he's going to be when he comes back because that that knee injury was massive and um, sorry sorry Griff you dropped yeah. out there a little bit I think oh, was, sorry yeah no, no, it's telling it was, me my connection is unstable oh, my apologies listeners no no if, for anyone who's a new listener to Carpool Rugby League <laughs> you wouldn't know that but all the other listeners oh yeah he's <laughs> now again uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's into it yeah he's yeah into but it's no, what I was saying it's was, all good. But you know, not just on the field, but off the field, he, he's you know he, he's. Uh, he's in. <laughs> of yeah, of our game, this is a highlights package. Would be amazing. Um, am I still here? Right. Can you yeah, 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 we got yeah, you yeah, back. Talking about being a yeah. highlights package. Yeah. Um, and the other guy that you, you mentioned, Graham, that Olam's out. Mm. He's a huge loss. Oh, massive, massive yeah. loss. And, and this is what we talked attracts. about this yesterday. That if they're going to be without Olam and and, and Pappenhausen for, let's say, the first six rounds. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a, it's huge. It's huge for them. I just think I just think the att- the attention because like, I, I think they're going to lose they some attract. games that they'd otherwise win. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, and ones I, where, I you, yeah, where you I think they're a walk-up start yeah. and you think, yep, just, just tick them, put them as your dead certainties, your knockout, 
it's um it's it's not that that simple now and it's 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 one of those things where we're hearing a few different reports in regards to um how long he's going to be out but um the the number that keeps coming up is is six weeks so we'll go with that which seems if it is a fracture um six weeks is usually uh yeah i mean that's best case scenario i think depending on the severity of the fracture so look, that's that, that's a massive impact there. We know they came up against a Roosters side that also had a lot of youngsters. Um, fair income though, this game, this 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 would have to have some sort of record for the most players who are second generation players or have you know relatives that have already played football. When you look through the lists in both of these teams, a lot of very familiar. Um, last names in uh, in these two squads. The only other thing I want to point out for the Roosters, uh, one player who uh, wasn't in the um, in the squad, and there's been a lot of talk about this week, uh, the Roosters have actually come out and said that Luke Keir is, um, he's, he's resting because he's he copped a knock on the jaw during training. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know we don't know a lot about this, but we've talked mm. in depth over the past year or so about Luke Keary, the issues he's had with concussion and the implications. Um, we, we, I'll, I'll, I'll go down this route. I'll say I'll, I'll applaud the Roosters if he copped a head knock for, for resting him and looking after his health. But, um, yeah, it's, mm. it's, 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 a, it's a concern. And I actually applaud them for not just saying he rolled his ankle. <laughs> you know? Oh. Yeah, That's what it yeah, used like, to be. I, I think I think the biggest problem is is with Luke Keary and and probably in the last, you know, when you look at it over the last couple of years, Roosters fans want him to play. They want him out in that field. They want him to have a really good year. They want him to have a solid amount of football under his belt. I, I think they've just got to be I, I, I think look, I like Robinson. I, I think he's a straight shooter. I, I, I I've often applauded many decisions he's made. And I think this is one of them where it's like we're not we're not going to BS our fans. We're not going to not going to tell him he's got a rolled ankle. We're going to be true and honest. He's he's taken another head knock. This is a man that is at the point where if he he takes a head knock, it's it's not going to be the week long rehabilitation. It, it could be depending on the severity. Uh, this guy's in doubt for round one. That that's where he's at now, Luke Keary, with with concussion, and you need to be that. You need to be that cautious because this this young man and and he's a young man, you know, compared to us, he is, and mm. he's got a life ahead of him, family, everything, you know. And I think I applaud Robinson because I really think Robinson's the man behind this to say, look, no, no, I'm not. We're going. He, he got a knock on the jaw. Um, whether it was reported first by by a news outlet or the Roosters, it doesn't really matter. But but it's out there now, and and. To have a knock and to say no, your welfare is worth more than mm. than than the football match, especially a trial. Which we've, we've had that discussion many times. Yeah. Um, I, I I I agree. I, I think that um, I I look at Trent Robinson and I think I think he has been an exceptional role model, not just for, not just for players in the NRL, but for other coaches and the way you the way you handle yourself when something like this happens. And I hope every NRL coach looks at this and goes, it's okay 
to say that our player has had a knock, a key marquee player, and rather than put their health at jeopardy, we're putting the player first. And, you know, a lot of what's happened with this uh, New South Wales Rugby League, um, you know, the in-part agreement was because people weren't really putting the health of the welfare of the player first. Well, he's one coach, I think, who was led by example on that. Indeed. Yeah. One thing I wanted to point out here, and I know this is a bit of a piss take and people are going to think I'm being stupid. I noticed that... Uh, I don't know if we've ever had this before where we've got two players in one squad where their names are so similar that you could almost think that it's a piss take that one of them might... that they might be the same person and they're in disguise. For the Roosters, obviously, the other day we saw um, Brandon Smith uh, play for the Roosters. It was a, there was a lot of talk about him coming in. Number 26, I think it was. Now, listen very carefully. Sandon Smith. S-A-N-D-O-N Smith. So we had a Brandon Smith and a Sandon Smith. Uh, there you go. Yeah, could be a first. Uh, a lot of a lot of other players with very famous names in uh, those two squads as well. But, um, yeah, Luke Keary not going to be there this week, obviously. We'll talk about that in a moment. A lot of players coming back um, for the Roosters. So, yeah, keep an eye on that one. Uh, I've never heard was... of a Sandin before. Sandin, no. Sounds like a made-up name. I don't like made-up names. I thought it was a typo, and I thought they might have put Brandon. No, I've heard twice. of him last year. Yeah. I, I knew he was part of the... <laughs> Well, that's a made-up name. I've heard of a um, Sandor, Shandor. I've yeah, heard of yeah. a Sando. Yeah. Uh, Sando. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah very yeah. interesting. Um, we might have been uh, conceived on a beach. <laughs> oh gosh! Uh, so just rounding out the week, then we had uh, the Sunday night games. We had the Dogs beating the Raiders, and then a couple of draws from the Queensland teams. The Dolphins, I suppose, their first game against another NRL club. Um, Twenty-two all with the Cowboys. Broncos twenty-four all with the Titans. It's almost as though the Queensland teams got together and said, "Look, let's all just take a point and see how we go." Um, yeah, I don't know if there's too much we can take out of these ones, guys. I think we'll see. Too, I think we'll see most of the um, most of the talk about these come out in the teams this week. But probably a little bit of news dropping this week, Shano, um, is in regards to one of the new superstars at the Broncos and Reese Walsh. Yeah, yeah. So I, I suppose you're the you're the you're the medic medic uh, dude to go to, Gray. But fracture at the base of the eye. I, I would imagine that. Um, I know they're saying. I know they're saying he's a possibility for round one, but you'd imagine if he got a knock to the cheek, that would all just, you know, they couldn't. I don't know how quick can bone heal. I'm not too sure. That's that's I think the concern with the injury. It's not one of those ones which is necessarily too bad, for for the general population. If you're average punter, like watching yeah. the footy, you'd be fine. But um, or in other right. sports where you're not as likely to get knocked again, but in a high impact sport like rugby league, um, you'd think they'd have to put a bit of caution into that one. I think a bit of this one too, Shano, is the fact that he's um a big off season signing, and I don't think they want to, yeah. um, basically, say three or so weeks out from the competition that he's not going to be there. So yeah, I think that's a bit I of think, a watch this uh, space. I think Liam Martin sitting at home. Just drawing a target right now. They can't play him. Well, 
Yeah. Not a lot. And that's the And you make a very good point. You make a very good point. smashed. If you're playing, if you're playing, yeah, if you, you know, if you're playing the Dolphins or the Knights, you know, no disrespect to them, but, you know, they're not as calculated as, as, you know, if you're playing Penrith, you got to wonder, like, you're probably, you know, odds on says you're not going to get the two points. So why would you risk getting further injury, you know, and play? I, I just don't see the, the point. Another one in the other game Sunday, the Raiders uh, Bulldogs. Um, it'd be worth telling Canberra fans that haven't kept up with the news. Uh, Xavier Savage, he's yeah, looking at eight loss. weeks out. I think that is a massive loss. Uh, that's also another um, uh, another injury where, yeah, I mean, he's had the surgery from what I understand, but um, he's looking at a... Yeah, eight weeks. Eight weeks is what the club is saying with a fractured jaw. So another one of those, um, one of those players that's looking at, you know, given that it's an eight-week turnaround, there's a week or two before the season starts. He's probably looking at around seven return, best case scenario. Um, yeah, and that was a, that was an interesting one for the Raiders too, because whilst they weren't at full side, they had some players in that team that um, had some. Some first grade uh, experience, and um, yeah, they, they they got they got beaten by a bulldog side, which, as I said, very very hard to gauge. But a bulldog side with the likes of Reed Marnie and Josh Reynolds on the weekend, um, and and they're a club that's uh, that's building. So I know their fans will be keen to see how they go this week um, when when they head into round two of the. Um, the preseason challenge, and as as we said at the top of the show, Griffo, the the World Club Challenge is probably, well, not probably, it is the the game to look out for here. But but really, for round two, uh, we're going to see a lot of superstars back this week. For those listeners who may not be as, um, I suppose, across everything with rugby league and how the trials are used. Uh, just explain to them, like from from a club's point of view, last week was a bit of a feeler out for some of the young guys, but this is a a, a real um, opportunity to run out some of the big guns, and you'd expect some names this week, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, I just I got a few thoughts about the World Club Challenge. Um, I did. I think I mentioned this to Shane all the other day that uh, I. <laughs> I think this game should really be elevated uh, in rugby league. The yep. best that uh, have performed in the NRL up against the best in the other professional uh, competition, full-time professional competition, uh, that is the uh, Super League. And um, and I, I think... Uh, to to give it even more importance, and, and because it's, it's 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 just sort of mixed in with trial games, and it's mm. it, gets lost in the shuffle. I, know, I, know, I was listening to um, some of the things Shano said. Well, it wasn't all the things Shano said, but in particular, um, or you might. I was questioned last last week about what's more important: winning the World Club Challenge or all your stars coming out uninjured. And and my answer to that was the stars 
we want him playing in the NRL mm. for two points in, in round yeah. one. Well, well, I've got a thought, somewhat, you know, uh, fanciful, but I don't mind it. And that is that the winner of the World Club Challenge, whether it be the English team or the Australian team, be given two bonus points in their competition for the year ahead. I'm not talking about that one, Graham. And you're not liking it, but I'm not saying from this game. The Tigers, the Tigers are already in trouble, let alone given the. No, but... all... Yeah, no, I'll, I'll let you talk. But, but like, I think that would really have both teams absolutely playing their best players, giving it absolutely everything because it it actually not just. It means you know, in history, do you go down as the World Club Challenge winners? Mm. And, and I think, you know, historically, Penrith have never won this game. Um, but I think if you're good enough to win your competition um, and you can then go and beat the best from the other competition, uh, not only do you take uh, a trophy, but you actually take two bonus points heading into the new season. Um, and I think that would produce an even uh, a higher standard and, and it would be more aspired to than, than it already is. Can I speak on behalf of the rest of the NRL? Yeah. The last thing we need is the Panthers starting the season on two yeah. points. I, I, we I'm can't catch it. For this game. I'm not saying for this game, but I'm saying in the, the future. last thing we I, need. I, don't I give Penrith I, any more points. They already win the minor premiership every Penrith. year. It might not be uh, Penrith. No, but I, I think I think what, what Griffo is saying, and You're I, trying I, actually, to, but, but, I agree with him, is that yeah, I've got a the, point. The, problem, yeah. the problem is I, I remember thinking when, back when South won it, and what I thought was really interesting was when South won it, um, Glenn Stewart got signed by South Sydney uh, that year, no, for the twenty fifteen uh, for the twenty fifteen season, and he played in the World Club Challenge. And you're sort of going, I, I, I think, I think the problem with the World Club Challenge is is, is that we've always said, okay, this team will play that team, and and that's the way it is. I, I think I think we've never been able to really find something to hang our hat on to say this is why this is important. You know, like like you're beating the Super League side, okay? Uh, whether they get or or the Super League side won, okay? It's like it's at a time in the year where you're you're just crossing fingers, toes, and everything in between that no one gets an injury. You're you're trying to find interest, and I think I think it's good it's a Penrith. Like to be fair, I think that generates home interest. Um, I think that's a good thing. I think the other biggest problem is is that sometimes when and and my honest belief why why Australia used to go to England a lot was so that people could come out and see superstars. People could come out and see. You know these players who who in the NRL are at the top of their game. I, I, I agree. Something there needs to be a carrot. What that carrot is, personally, I don't know. Griffo's got an idea, and and I can't I can't confirm or deny whether I, I like it or not because 
every time I think of a reason why I don't, there's 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 a reason I think, well, maybe. I think I think it needs some hook. It's becoming I think it's coming to the point where where if your team wins the grand final, that's a good thing and that's a great thing. To then pre-season your club to a very to to a game that has to have a level of importance. I've often thought, I've often thought that as winning the grand final, you go over in, you know, sadly, I know, I know it means one more game of football, but you carry it, you carry it into November. Yeah, the game's at the wrong time of the year. And, and basically, the it becomes a trial. And basically, um, yeah. and basically, you're signed to a club until the 31st of November. Um, that means that on the 1st of December, you go across for training. Um, and if you're with that, and, and, and if the club gives you permission to go earlier, you go earlier. If, you're club, if you win the grand final with that club, well, you've got one last hurrah against the world cha- in the World Club Championship. I think that would actually may change it a bit. I, I, think, I think in some of, the, some of the reasons why we're trying to find a carrot to make this appealing is because it's compensation should someone get injured. Now, mm. you hope no one gets injured. The way to alleviate that, play it in November. Like, what is it, first week in October, play it in the last week of October. And then first of November, you, you're signed to your new club. At least that gives it some relevance and to the team and to the fitness that the club is at at that point in time it's, rather than um... retrospectively. Yeah, it's about it's, it's a retrospective is, game, really. It's it's retrospectively yeah. looking at the champions of the year before in the current season, which I, I think I, I'd argue and why why Griffo's come up with the two points and, and I sort of get it's be, I'd argue makes it it doesn't make the win any less, but it makes the concept of the game slightly redundant. I, 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 this is, and, and in all seriousness, I know you guys could probably see this, but uh, the listeners oh, won't quite. Can't. I can see. I've, I've written my notes on the back of the flat pack instructions of the desk that I'm sitting at today, so it's all oh, very right. official. Oh, wow. I've, I've, I've actually written notes for this one as you guys talk because, I mean, I know I was gobsmacked when um, Griffo said that, and obviously my reaction was a bit animated and a, and a caricature of how I feel. But this was, this is, this is, my main points coming out of this, the the reason I, I didn't like it was, uh, it's not for, I don't like giving the best team in the NRL an opportunity to gain two points that other teams don't have. If anyone needs a leg up, I mean, in, we were in a competition with a salary cap and as all sports work, I mean, even if you follow NFL or whatever, the, the worst team gets the first draft pick. I'm not a huge fan of giving the team that probably needs an extra opportunity to score points um, an extra opportunity. But I see what you're getting at, Griffo, in a sense of trying to make it worth something worthwhile to the teams. And what I've taken from this, and this could be wrong, but I've read between the lines here, and you've basically said a great reward for winning the World Club Challenge would be two NRL points. And this has proved the point that both of you guys have said over the past couple of weeks. We've effectively said that two NRL points is going to mean more to the fans in the club than mm. the prestige of winning the World yeah. Club Challenge. 
Now, when you win the NRL Premiership, they give you a big trophy. Why do teams want to win the NRL Premiership? Is it the prize money? Is it the trophy? Why do they want to win it? Oh, because they worked so hard to get it. Like it's just it's just the culmination of a year's worth of training and playing football, and not just playing rugby league, but playing at the at the one of the most elite levels you can. It is seen it's in our game. It's the focal point. It is of, yeah. seen in our game as the highest possible achievement for a club. Where we go wrong with the World Club Challenge is the NRL grand final, whilst it's going to be very hard culturally to change that, the World Club Challenge is not seen as the highest possible achievement for a rugby league club. I mean, Penrith no, fans... Absolutely not. So what, what they need to do is, is this game needs to be taken more seriously in the prestige built. I agree with you guys. I actually think if it was played a week or so after the grand final, it would have a bit more relevance. I also think that putting it on in the middle of the trials just... And actually, do you know what I think is the most insulting thing? The club's playing for points in the preseason challenge in this game. Yes. It has the same point. value from the NRL's point of view as yeah, any yeah. other trial. It will never be taken seriously enough where players players say, I want to be the I want to be a part of the best NRL team or the best rugby league team in the NRL. They don't say, I want to win the I want to be the best team in the world. Because I'll be honest with you, when like you, you said it, Shane, like you, when we think back to great times in yeah, uh, our the, fandom, we don't think of when we won the World Club Challenge, we think of the 2014 Grand Final. Penrith fans, they should be talking this week about the fact that this is the one they've never won. They have won every major trophy that there is to win in the NRL. They've been minor premiers, they've been premiers. They have never been world champions. No, they have that not. should be the talking point. They have never, think... ever been the best team in the world technically. But because we don't actually feel as though... The problem is, to be the world champions, you usually have to beat the second best team in the world. Yep. Paramount. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've already done it. St. Helens aren't the best, ro- yeah, second yeah. best rugby league team in the world. I know I'm already and saying that. And, and Graham, that's exactly that's the point I was the, about to make. Yeah. The point is, is that if... You, you know, like there was a, there was an idea many years ago, sort of touted that that if you're going to be okay, you got, you know, like at what at what level, and even when Australian clubs would go over there and lose, they say what like if this team was playing week in week out in the NRL, where would it sit? Like where would it finish? Would it finish first, second, third? Would it win the grand final? And I think that's why it's often knocked down a peg because no no one really has the faith that the team that, that's, that, that represents England in the World Club Challenge is actually a top four NRL side. Now, I don't know whether they are or not, but that's often the feeling. So when... So when a team... Like, I remember when South Sydney went over, and I'm using South Sydney because, you know, I remember it vividly. You know, South Sydney went over there and... The highest winning margin of any World Club Challenge game was theirs. You know that they pants them, but the problem was thirty nine nil. That was that was the and and they bombed a couple of tries. 
that was that was the given. Like, but like, you know, waking up to watch that game. You made a good the, point it's like, though. It's like the one we were the talking about how Glenn Stewart was going to go fitting into the squad more so than hey, we're going to be world champions. The what the way on the weekend is going to be. You know, already people are saying it's over, going to be over by half time. Well, it's not a world club challenge, then, is it? You know, oh, I think it's going to be a dust up. I think Penrith's. Of course it is, but but the problem is, the only if you took a European football approach to it, this isn't the Champions say League last, final. You'd say last week. You'd say last week the Parramatta would get a rapid charge and get to play, get to play. Um, St Helens for another shot at Penrith, and that's just that's just that's just ludicrous. That doesn't work in the brain of anyone. You know what how, I mean? How would we but, feel? Can I throw a hypothetical out there? Would we? And I know this is because the best best. Yeah, you know, I know it's it's a bit of a Super Bowl thing that doesn't necessarily work with the with the trials. If you're gonna have a couple of week trials system whatever would would we be opposed to the last four teams in the NRL and the last four teams in the Super League playing off in some top eight competition as a bit of a Champions League style you know what or are we are we are we looking for stupid reasons to create more football yeah yeah if you're the club that that lost the grand final you you wouldn't care you'd be like I don't care what happens in this one then why That's do clubs? The what's the, what does NRL have to do? Because because Griffo made a good point. I think it was last week on air, Griffo, when you were talking about teams that uh, in European football, you, you you get the Champions League, and we saw this morning there was a Champions League match day, and and there are teams that may not even win their domestic league that have a shot at winning the European Championship, which is seen at the pinnacle of football. Is it just a, a culture shift? Is it the fact that you've got all these leagues and they come together and you're trying to truly find out who's the best, whereas in rugby league, we kind of had these feelings these days that look, the NRL is the pinnacle and the Super League is, is secondary? Well, I think that's how we feel here in Australia. I don't know if, if the English feel that way or not. But they've, historically, they've they've... The English side has won a lot of these games, um, yeah. more than you would expect. Um, Penrith had a couple of shots at it in the past and, and lost both times. I think back in '91, I think most of the players were still on the drink. Um, <laughs> didn't really take it seriously, but yeah, well, well, Royce um, had to buy everyone a beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know, from. From what I've heard, been here and like, they want to create history for the for the club and become the first Penrith team to to take this trophy. Um, I remember back in uh, I think it was '97 when we had Super League. Uh, we did see uh, a competition mm. involving Correct. you know uh, teams from. From uh, from this side of the world, playing teams. I think they played about four games. There was a semi-final series and whatnot, and I don't know, can't remember who won. Um, it was um, Brisbane. Brisbane well, actually beat the Mariners. Was, I, they beat the, the Mariners. Mariners. Made the final, did they? Oh, the wow. final. Yeah, it was. Um, wow. 
I, I had a feeling was about won, six but... rounds of playoff, and anyway, the 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 and this is what kind of proves the point a little bit. I know we're going back a while, and this was a Super League thing. The semi-finals: Brisbane beat Auckland, Cronulla lost to the Mariners, Brisbane beat the Mariners in the final. Uh, yeah, I I actually went to a number of those games that were played at Penrith um, with the English teams coming out. It was a really good atmosphere because each of the the sides, and they weren't necessarily the, the top liners, all had uh, supporter groups come out here and 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 they were very, very vocal. It, was, it created a good atmosphere. I don't know that we've got the space in the calendar to be able to do this and um, you know, Shano and, and yourself, you mentioned the timing of this game probably not being ideal, stuck in with the with the um, preseason, and, and it's part of the preseason challenge. Um, there'd be an argument that if you're playing this game at this time, that it's nothing to do with the preseason challenge. That it, you know, if you win that, you're not in the preseason challenge. You're playing for the World Club Challenge. World Club Challenge. Um, there's a lot to be said for playing it back after the grand final. Flip side of that, that's when you play your, your international rugby league. So if we have international rugby league, that is, yeah. which we must have. Um, so there's no, there's no real... I guess you've got to establish a tradition where you say, this is when this is played and this is a prestigious competition. Maybe try and get sponsorship. Um, and, and, you know, I know, you know, I had the idea of, of, of two competition points. Yeah. It was, you know, a little bit farcical, um, but at but, least you're trying to think of something. Yeah. At the moment, the other thing it's... is that, and, and again, uh, the other thing is that it, it's money. You say, okay, you know, you, you get a big multinational putting it on and, and play it in Hong Kong or wherever. And um, you say to the players, okay, well, you know, whatever the prize money is, you're getting most of it. So there's an incentive to the players to you know obviously they want to win but they think gee this is you know outside the salary cap i can earn more money um if if i'm successful here i, I just think it, you've got to give it something that it doesn't currently have yeah uh, just besides a trophy that you know i think it's yeah yes it's prestigious but it's not as prestigious as round one currently. Mm. And the thing is, like you said, I think the other thing we've got to think about too is, um, and where I'm not as keen for these, um, the, the, the money, I suppose, uh, the prize money is from a fan's point of view, because we're sort of seeing with the current um, preseason challenge, because it means there's no prestige for the fans, there's no, you know, okay, you might go, yeah, a bit of bragging rights, Yahoo. But the, the fans, I don't think, see, like, if the club gets $100,000 for argument's sake, I don't think the fans 
really feel that and go, yes, I want my club to win another hundred grand. I don't, I don't know if the fans connect with that as much. I think um, from a fan's point of view, there's got to be some prestige. And the hard thing is, unless this game's... I think the best way to get that prestige is for the game to be taken seriously. Whether it's playing this game on a standalone weekend, even if it's got to be part of the preseason, that preseason challenge... You know, say say if you're Penrith, you don't take, you know, you don't play in week two. I don't know, you do something. Even if there's a standalone weekend the week before the premiership starts, and on that weekend they have the uh, All-Stars and the World Club Challenge, and the NRL team in the World Club Challenge has the round one bye. You know, I'm just throwing stuff against the wall to make it stick. Something to make it prestigious, because yeah. I'm actually, we haven't even talked about the All-Stars game yet. We did, we've done our our rap and because it wasn't technically part of that preseason challenge and wasn't on my list we've been talking and no one's really brought it up i think that all-stars game has been lost in the shuffle as well and i feel that because of timing and so on and so forth the prestige of games get taken away because the nrl have conditioned us that the the, the prestigious games take place on friday night prime time channel nine they don't take place at six o'clock on a Saturday. They don't take place at uh, what what time was kickoff the other day? Um, you know, if it was five thirty local time, three thirty our time. I think the NRL scheduling, promotion, etc., needs to be ramped up for this type of game. Because I'll be honest with you, I've had you know, if I watch TV and this and that and the other, as a casual fan. I'm not being told through the media, through the NRL, XYZ, I, I don't feel like there's a big game coming up this week. I mean, this is the type of thing where, you know, this should be prime time, Channel 9, advertised like the grand final is. And the All-Stars didn't get that. The World Club Challenge isn't getting it. So as a society, we are not being told by the NRL and their partners that this game is as prestigious as it should That's be. And great until point, great. that all That's happens, actually, I'll tell you what, no I've one read, will take it seriously. I have read and heard all it is. some things about rugby league and the fortnight, but that, what you just said there, that takes the biscuit. That's, yeah, you, you make a very, very valid point. I watched the Channel 9 News tonight, and I, I know that a bloke... How that, was that? Oh, mate, it was on in the background. You know the only reason... I've, this is so stupid. The only reason I that play Channel Nine Henderson News is on is, is because whenever we flick past and the millionaire hot seats on for whatever reason, my nine month old son turns and thinks it's lovely to watch. It must be the colours. I don't know. He must. <laughs> he must think that Eddie McGuire is Humpty Dumpty or something. Good on him. But but what I'm saying is, they'll have stories about ex football players who are currently assistant coaches who were acquitted of drug driving charges, so on and so forth. I watched the news report, this, that, and the other. I have not been informed from the channel that has paid, in, in conjunction with another media outlet, billions to show this game. I have not been informed as a casual fan. Now, we're the hardcore fans. We know it. The casual fans are where the money is. Casual mm. fans need to know that the Super Bowl of Rugby League is on this week. Casual fans all well, last week yeah. on the same channel were informed 
the next under-20s player of our game was playing in a different Super Bowl. The marketing, the promotion, the it's, it's, it's all, it's, it's what it's about. And these games don't seem important unless the general public are told, you have to watch this game, this is important. This is the type of game that should be in the biggest stadium in the country. They should have, I don't care, bloody Eskimo Joe or someone, like get... Get pre-game entertainment. Make it feel like the grand final. Make it a big deal. If it feels like a big deal, it will be a big deal. Make it quack like a duck. Make it look like a duck. It will be a duck. If you put it on at Saturday afternoon and it's just one of the other trial games, it might as well be one of the other trial games. That's my issue with this game because we have an opportunity now that's in Australia to actually promote it as such. It's not on at four in the morning. We don't have the disadvantage of having to travel over there and play in England and the conditions don't suit. I mean, you know, we've got a team from England playing in 40 degree heat on the weekend. This is one of the things where as an NRL fan, we should be conditioned. They should market this as NRL versus Super League. I'm not a Penrith Panthers fan, but if the NRL are doing their job from a marketing point of view, I should be watching that fan and say, watching that game and saying, as an NRL fan, they are representing my brand. I want the Panthers to win because I want the NRL to be superior, and it should be a huge deal. I think that, I think they, yeah, I think it, it's just getting lost in the shuffle because the NRL themselves don't value it. Interesting you say that, Graham, because I've, you know. Uh, over the years, I've, I've I've watched most of of these games, if not all of them, and uh, you know some of them were on at bad times. But but I actually yeah. did find myself wanting teams like the Roosters and the Broncos <laughs> yeah, so to win. And the Storms yeah, are not yeah, teams yeah. that I normally want no, to win, but no. but because they're representing our competition, yeah, yeah, and I you know I want our competition to to be seen as as these best uh, competition of rugby league, I've, I've supported those teams to win those games. Um, yeah. Even though I, I don't like them, you know, most of the time, if not all the time. Well, I see. And the other thing is, I think, like, I, I actually follow the Super League. I have, and I've followed this team, I've followed for many, many years when, um, it was the Huddersfield Giants. And and so I've often wanted to see the Australian team win for two reasons. Number one, the team I follow in the Super League's not there. But then I want to see this Australian team absolutely show them what the NRL's like. I, I, I yeah, and it's it's on the weekend. I you know what? The game before the grand final, I had no love for Penrith. <laughs> I had nothing for them. But yet on the weekend, there's a part of me that says, I, I, I hope the likes of Cleary come out and absolutely show them why the NRL is the premier competition to be a part of and why, why people from England want to come and play here because we have, this, this, is, this is our game. This is what we have. And that's and that's what's wrong with it because Griffo's probably sitting there going, 
I'd love, I mean, I know you want to win it, Griffo. I know I'm taking the mickey here a bit, but if they won and, you know, Nathan Cleary did his ankle and was out for six weeks, you wouldn't go, well, at least we're the world champions. You'd go, we're buggered for this year. Like, it's, it's the priorities, what we see as important. And it's one of those things, too, where we, we even talk about it in those who, like, you know, I'm a PE teacher, and we, we, we talk about in senior PE, we've got this this part of the syllabus where we talk about sport as war and how it's marketed as war. It's us versus them. The biggest game in our competition is the epitome of it's us versus them, that state of origin. And we get in that because it's us, it's them, I hate them, it's us. The NRL needs to really ramp up how they view this game and make it not only this is this shouldn't be Penrith versus um, St Helens, it's us versus them. It's the NRL versus Super League. We're got to show that the NRL is the premier competition, and I, I know we're going over and over and labouring the point and and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, I I just think there's a few things that they could probably do to. To help this out. And and not only this, Griffo, the other flow-on effect is it's it's buggered up what has been a really pivotal um, traditional trial for the Western Sydney area in that Penrith versus Parramatta game because I know that that's usually a week two trial. And I know you'll say, yeah, I'd rather play in the World Club Challenge. But for pa- Penrith-Parramatta to play at Penrith in week one of the uh, pre-season challenge, we'll call it, albeit in scorching hot conditions that I wouldn't recommend anyone go out in. But, you know, looking at Penrith Stadium the other day with 3,000 people there for a Penrith Parrot game and where that's situated, that's that's just another little nugget that we can piece in here and say, not only is it taking away from the overall spectacle, the impact on the teams, but the actual trials and getting ready for the season and the build, those last trials, like the the Charity Shield, the the Penrith Para game, they're actually quite important in, in building the season. You know what, guys? Can I just say something? It's just dawned on me, right? Because their, their competition starts this week. Yeah. Super good. Because... Huddersfield were meant to play the Saints and the game's postponed. They've got to postpone the game because they're here playing the World <laughs> Cup just, Challenge. It just dawned on me because I went, I went, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. They're playing the Saints this week. And I went, they can't play the Saints this week because I looked at it at the end of last year and I went, oh, our first game's against the, the champions. That's okay. Yeah. And I to looked be at confirmed it, because they won the championship. Of postponed this week. Yes. Kicks off with um, uh, the Wolves and the Rhinos. All right. Well, maybe we should talk about the game after we've talked. What? Why not? Why <laughs> but not? Is it, uh, uh, it's worth having, isn't it? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's, well, there's got to be a better way yeah. to do it. Like, yeah, there's got to so, be a better way. And looking at the game, um, it is a part of week two of the preseason challenge. I mean, we're not going to talk about all the games in depth this week. We might have a chat in a moment about. Um, some of the ins and outs for certain clubs, but really this this is the game of the round, or it should be, but yeah. Um, time's been slightly changed. Initially, it was going to be a 6 o'clock kickoff. From what I'm hearing, it's now 
a lot of the games on Saturday are being uh, delayed. I know the Charity Shield pushed back to 420. They're expecting um, hot weather also out at Mudgee. But uh, look, the ins for Penrith this week, as you'd imagine, um, Brian Toto, Isaiah Yo, Isaac Tago, Fisher Harris, Luai Garner, Kenny, Leota, Cleary, Lanou, Crichton, May. Probably, fellas, the one name I was hoping to see there, which isn't in the squad um, at fullback, is uh, Dylan Edwards. Uh, he will not be a part of this uh, team from what I can see, Griffo, with uh, Crichton being named at fullback. Um, I know I'm going to sound like I don't do my research here. Apart from that, obviously, we've got um, a very, very strong Panthers team. But are you hearing any reasoning as to why Dylan Edwards uh, wasn't a part of this squad? No. Um, no, I was I was quite surprised yesterday when I opened up the team list and uh, there was no Dylan Edwards. Um, I'd not heard any talk of, of him being injured. Obviously, there had been talk of Liam Martin with an injury and unlikely to play in the game, and, and he's not there. But no, there was no mention of uh, Dylan Edwards. He didn't play last week either. Obviously, last week they basically rested all their their top 17. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Can I, I don't know. Can I, I'm assuming can I, he must I, have some minor injury. Can I injury. Both Far be it for me. Far be it for me to... to, 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 to comment i think griffo you'd know far more than the penrith about penrith than i ever will can i can i give what i believe is the reason why i think your guess is as good as anyone i i think i think that i think that cleary has named a side which will win and win well i think cleary has also named a side which 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 is a typical second week um, a typical second week trial side, which is why I think it's absolutely stupid that this is part of the trials. I'm not saying Penrith should play three games. I would hate for that to happen. That's why I think this whole preseason competition's dumb because Penrith, this should be a standalone game with no other tag attached to it. I think that, that Cleary has, has fulfilled the best of both worlds here. He's presented a team which will win the World Club Challenge, in my opinion, but he's also treated it like a trial and said, we need to see how certain players look in certain positions should something happen. Dylan and like you were alluding fullback. to before, he's, Shane. He's the fullback for Penrith. I don't need him to trial to show me he's the fullback of Penrith. What I need is I need to put some people in some key positions to see whether they sink or swim. And I've only really got this game to do it. Yeah, and, and, and just on that, because I'm pushing a point. No, that's my opinion. Over. I think that's why. Think yeah, that's we're why. pushing a point we got over. I don't want to labor this point, but I just want to make sure I say it because as you were talking then, I, I, I the thought come to mind. I think players like Viliami Kikau and Appy Corusau deserve to be a part of this game. And that goes back to your point before. And what you're sort of saying too is... 100%. 100%. Yeah, I'll leave it there Uh, because we're going to go around in a big circle. Like Sam Burgess to the place. Yeah, 100%. That's why I think it should be that the cutoff comes on November 1. But my gut feeling here, Griffo, is that it might be one of those situations where you've got a couple of players with niggles. They could play, they could not play, I don't know. But um, you wouldn't risk them in a game... 
that uh, yeah, you wouldn't risk them because uh, come round one, um, that's when the two points are on the line. But um, realistically, I know we sound as though, you know, we, I said that we really need to promote the game and, now, and it sounds like we're just shitting on it. But um, look, realistically, this is a, this uh, is a no. strong team that um, on paper, we know games aren't won on paper and it's hard to get a gauge given the, um, from what we've seen, the Saints against St. George Illawarra Dragons and in the Super League. But um, I, I, I think this is a very strong team and the, the, they're better than any other NRL team, Super League team. They're the best rugby league team on the planet and they've got star quality across the park. And I think we're going to see that this week. I hope so. Um, there, there's there's a lot of yeah, skillful players in this team. Uh, I haven't done a count on how many of the 17 that played the grand final are in there, but most of them are. Um, Taylor May was not there, but would have been. Yeah. Um, obviously, Luke Garner and, and Zach Hosking are new to the club. They weren't there. Is this? Can I? Can I? Before I forget it, sorry to cut you off. Right. This is this is considered a trial, considering Taylor May can play. Is that is that the NRL admitting to us that this is a trial? That this is more important than the game against? Yeah, Preston, no, the fact they, that he they can play? did specify. They they did specify that he missed rounds one and two. I know. I'm being facetious, as you can yeah, tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's good for for him to be part of hopefully what will be a. A team that, that wins a trophy. Um, you missed that, even though he was there nearly all year last year. Um, interesting selection, Jack Cogger at 14. I um, I thought Sony Luke would have been uh, there, but he's, he's not listed at all, Sony Luke. Um, I think Jack Cogger's there essentially to, uh, if Penrith are getting the job done, uh, they put Nathan Cleary on ice, um, and uh, make sure that you know he don't get injured late in the game. Like, and again, coming back to that trial sort of vibe, um, I'm, I'm eager to see how Garner goes. As I said earlier in the podcast, I think Zach Hosking was really good last week. He played in that game, and I thought he was very, very good. Uh, big shoes to fill there. Billy Army Kikau and Liam Martin missing from that back row, uh, but an opportunity for these two guys. Uh, and they were signed by Penrith because Penrith believe they're good players, and, and I think they are. Um, Matt Eisenhuth, he also missed the uh, the grand final, even though he probably played more than half of the games last year. Uh, he captained the side last week, playing uh, in the lock position, played well. So it's it's good for him to be there. Uh, Spencer is listed, uh, and I read that he and Isaac Tango both are under injury clouds, but were mm. named. Um, if, for example, Spencer is out, I've got no doubt that uh, it'll be Lindsay Smith who will join the bench. He's listed at number 18. Uh, he's a prop. He'd come in there. If Tango's out with the players that are listed, it'd be Tom Jenkins, uh, who um, 
scored a good try last week, Tom Jenkins. He's been in the system for quite a few years and uh, he'll come into the centres should Tangle be out, but uh, we shall see. On the other side of, uh, of the field, Jack Wellsby, highly credentialed. He played uh, number six for England in the World Cup. Um, he's, he's probably the best up-and-coming talent in, in the English game. Tommy Makinson's a former Golden Boot winner, and that, you know, obviously when he won the Golden Boot, everyone said, who? No one had really heard of Tommy Makinson, but uh, then we see Will Hopawati, who, uh, when he first came into the NRL, he was he was a really good player. Mm. He went on a Mormon mission, and he was never the same player when he came back. It was solid, but... Uh, yeah, he sort of he played with the Bulldogs a couple of years ago. Um, Percival, I don't know. Jonathan Benison, not familiar with. Johnny Lomax missed the World Cup. Uh, he's been a, a very good player for St. Helens in England over a number of years. I'm not familiar with Lewis Dodd. Alex Wormsley, a very highly credentialed prop forward. Uh, we've seen him play against Australia in the past. Unfortunately, he was injured and missed the World Cup as well. Uh, big man, strong man, might not like the 40 degrees. So, James Roby's played over 500 uh, top-line games. Huge. He, yeah. he was probably playing name. Graham before you were born, um, James Roby. Big name. Yeah, he was, he was at his best. He was great. He's, he's, he's nudging 40 now. Oh. Credit to him. <laughs> you know. He's, he's 30. I love that. He's playing before us. He's 37, so unfortunately he's only... Uh, he's about a year and a half uh, older than me. He's 37. He's uh, officially 37. I heard James Roby was born in... Uh, yeah, 1985, so... 85, yeah, no. there you go. All right. Well, um, yeah, the other... Matty Lees, I'm not familiar. I think he might have played with England uh, in the in the World Cup as did Morgan Knowles. And then the second rows are interesting. Sione, uh, Matiutai, uh, former Newcastle Knight, mm. uh, former Australian representative, uh, one of the youngest. Uh, he, he played for Australia on the wing and uh, never played again. I think he might have played one game there. Never played for the Blues. Uh, a player who really had a lot of problems with injuries. Um, and a lot of head knocks. But good luck to him. He's, he's running around still. Curtis Sirenen obviously had a pretty good career in the NRL, with uh, initially with the Tigers and then Manly. Um, Morgan Knowles, as I said, represented England. Joey Lusick uh, has played in a few NRL clubs. Uh, most recently, uh, might be the Roosters. Um and uh, Ignatius Parsi, he played with the Gold Coast and the yeah. Warriors. Louis Scar, McCarthy, Scarsbrook. Not for, and then number 17's a lottery, not listed. Uh, so uh, there's about six players, including Conrad Horrell, on the reserves mm. bench. One of them will come in. Um, because this has yeah. different rules to the other preseason it, challenge it games. It does. It can only be 17. Play. Yeah, yeah, only 17. 
Uh, originally, they were playing under the NRL rules of eight interchanges, but because of the heat, they've they've allowed ten. them to have ten interchanges. Yeah. They don't play quarters. Um, I don't. I don't think that's. Well, I, I think they probably should have relaxed it a little bit more, given the conditions. Maybe uh, allowed them. I don't know. Maybe nineteen players, but I mean, it is what it is. It's the same for both teams. Conditions have been good in October. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, for sure. But anyway, I'll um, tell you one thing. Probably one thing I want to ask you guys about. But that's that's the thing we should be focusing on: the fact that it's at Penrith. I remember, um, obviously, given the fact that geographically we live uh, we live close to the Penrith community. I know a lot of people who were keen about this, and when the tickets came out, they wanted to go to the World Club Challenge. Um, it was it was the talk of the town that um, mm. the World Club Challenge was coming to Penrith. One thing I wanted to ask you guys about, I saw an article today. I'm not going to mention the um, the website or the reporter, but um, the gist of the article was the fact that the English players for uh, St. Helens were motivated um, to get revenge against the Samoans of the Penrith Panthers. All right. Wow. Um, interesting take on this game. That okay. that's how the um, the uh, oh, stuff. It that's how the NRL website wanted to promote this. Um, yeah, right. the NRL website earlier today. Um, they haven't put a lot of um, yeah reports out about this game and building it, but that's that's the angle they want to go with. I, I didn't even contemplate that. Of, uh, this that's a that's drawing a long bow, isn't it? I think somewhere Doctor Evil's going right, right, yeah. But I mean, this is okay. this is where we've got to look at the. <laughs> yeah. I never even thought that. Neither, a, I didn't even think so. Motivation, yeah. But anyway, um, but oh, look, no, no, to... it's going to be a big motivation for Sioni Matatua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you got the Samoans or the. It's a it's a funny thing, isn't it? But um, no. look in all seriousness, the um, the home ground advantage, the crowd behind them, Penrith's a hard place to win at for an NRL team. Let alone if you're coming from um, from England, you'd you'd have to think the home crowd, the home ground advantage. Not only the weather. I mean, we could make a big deal about the weather, but I think I think that um, the crowd, the atmosphere. The occasion, the Penrith supporters—they're—they're they're effectively the fourteenth player on the field in this one. I mm. think Shano, they're going to have a big input here. I think Penrith playing at home—it's um, going to be a really tough ask for the uh, for the English oh, side. Oh, look, I yeah, I said it. I can't. I don't know how. I, I can't say winning. I just you know that's and that's not being. I can't disrespectful. That's not. It's it's if someone said if someone said here's a Zach put it on put it on a team I'm putting it on Penrith and and that's just the way it is I I I, I can't yeah like no again no disrespect to, to to St Helens they are a very good football side the caliber of player they're coming up against is unlike anything they've seen. In the Super League. I follow the Super League, you know, like I know what it's like. If you took, if you, okay, 
just say you you said okay Penrith's not playing for some reason we're going to put Parramatta in there it's the same Parramatta's not playing we're putting South Sydney in there it's the same Cowboys the Cowboys they have not seen Storm, the caliber the of these guys you know they don't have you know they don't have people like you know and this is no disrespect to anyone that plays over there because there's some very good footballers that can play in the NRL, that can make it in the NRL. If, if you know that that that's that there are some good players. It's just that they don't have the constant amount of people. You know, I watch I watch the Giants play, and you know it's it's I I I watch them play. It's it's good football in the NRL. You put your throat, you put your foot on the throat of the opposition and you strangle them into submission. You, you do not. You know, it's, it's the NRL is this venomous game. It's not rugby league. I don't care what anyone says. These people do not play rugby league. They play a game called NRL. It's different. Mm. It's this venomous football game where they, you, you're, you, you strangle. Like, like they're going to kick to Brian Toto. And they're not going to know what hit them. 20 metres out, they're going to, you know, I hope they practice line dropouts. Because they got a few the other day. Cleary's just going to make them drop out time after time if they don't get tried. You know, I just look at the people playing. It's just like that I'm not I'm I'm not being rude to their to to to, to English football. I just got a gut feeling that the caliber of it is just so different. Could could the Super League outdo our Queensland and New South Wales Cups? I think it could. That's about probably where it sits. I've always said that if you're the bottom Australian side, you still need to be in the top four of Super League. And I've said that plenty of times on this show. If you finish last in the NRL, the big question you've got to ask yourself is, could you make it in the Super League? And if the answer is no, you need to wipe the slate clean. I just think that's where it's at. And I think as time goes on and the professionalism of the NRL increases and the salary cap increases and and it becomes a more global game, with with with, I just think that I just think it's just going to be another competition on its own. That We've seen it. I don't think I'm unfair in saying this, and I know I'm a South Sydney fan. The best British player to come out in recent memory is Sam Burgess. It's, there, there's a good reason uh, he came to the NRL. I don't want to focus on negative. Gareth Witter. It's the Sam, Sam, Sam Tonkinson. Remember, he was... Yeah, setting the world alight, yeah, and we yeah, were like Gareth Widdop. I mean, yeah, Gareth Widdop made it. Gareth Widdop, the Burgess boy, Bateman, you know? Bateman, was, Bateman yeah. came out here and did. But these were guys that, when they Freaks. were in the Super League, they were they were they were the men of steel. Yeah, like at at, at nineteen. Yeah, that's true. They were doing it as teens. <laughs> they were doing it at nineteen. That's why they came here. I think, I think what you're pointing out is the gap between the competitions. The gap has gotten what, and it's not a case of. Penrith it, versus I, I uh, the Saints. Think, it's a gap. I would, 
I would yeah. love to see, and we saw it a bit with the Leeds Rhinos in South Sydney. I really think what we need to see in the NRL, what we need to see in global football is a partnership between NRL clubs and Super League clubs. We see it in other forms where the American clubs are, are sistering up with the um, with with Super League clubs and French clubs are, are doing it with Super League clubs. I really think the Super League now is at the point where it needs... As someone who watches it, Super League clubs need to start... They need to start reaching out to NRL clubs and go, right, let's go to Australia for a training camp. St. Helens shouldn't be out here right now thinking about World Club Challenge. They should be playing it. You know what they should be doing? Okay, they're playing Penrith. Don't go to Penrith. All right? They're at Homebush. They should be going to Parramatta's training and training with Parramatta and saying, right, this is how we do it. This is this is our training regime. This is how we play. This is what we do. This is the level we are at. To allow them to start elevating the quality of football it takes to match it with the Australian team. There's a reason why Australian teams used to lose. Because they were out of condition. Super League had kicked off. It was it was a bit of a piss take. I think, you know, I think one about team's ever won it in Australia. Yeah, the, I know. The travel, the timing, that's a big deal. Yeah, it, and I think that it's just and I think if you looked at the if you looked at the teams that were put out, they probably weren't necessarily you know, and look, I've got to be honest, 10, 15 years ago, when all the Australian players were going over for good money, they had an exceptional competition. They had some brilliant players. But, but I think they, from- had, they probably in some ways are probably a more skillful competition then than they are now. But the NRL, you take the NRL 15 years ago and you take the NRL now, it's light years ahead of what it was. There are clubs and systems and training which is light years ahead of what it was. I blame the Melbourne Storm because you had to keep up with them. There's also a perception that uh, the Super League is a retirement village for the NRL, and that's what it's become. Yeah, and and, and uh, I mean, did you guys hear about the Josh Maguire situation? Did you guys hear about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. What's what's he out for? Seven weeks. Seven weeks. They played their trials out there. He's been suspended for yeah. seven weeks. Fair yeah. enough, too. From what I hear, I, I don't know what he said, but it was a great. Um, derogatory slur from what i'm hearing it was um yeah the, the inside word i got was that it was a slur that would have been offensive to people with a disability yeah and um yeah that I... was during a preseason game he's out for seven weeks so good on the super league for that one but he spends uh, a lot of time on the sidelines yeah he, yeah, he he's he, he's more in than out isn't he he can they, um, he's more out than in um, isn't he yeah, when he does the hokey pokey, he doesn't spend equal time in and out. Griffo, I know you're not a gambler at all. Like, if I had to describe you as many things, gambler would be the last thing on my list. No. I don't I know, don't if know when to hold him or fold him. No, you, <laughs> you enjoy a good Kenny Rogers song, but that's as far <laughs> as it goes. Uh, World Club Challenge. Uh, not sure if you've seen the odds on this. I almost jumped in, Shane, when you said you'd put all your money on Penrith. I almost said, don't bother. Uh, they're a dollar eleven to St Helens six twenty five. 
the sports bet is effectively saying to us that Brisbane are a better chance of beating Penrith than St. Helens. And that's where we're valuing fair. these teams in this competition. So, yeah. look, in saying all that, Griffo, we're expecting a Penrith win. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't know about these St. Helens boys. So, um, I, I do know that, you know, Penrith's got obviously a talented squad there. Um, maybe, well, not maybe. It's certainly not as good as the one to seventeen that uh, beat Power in the grand final, but still a pretty good side. Um, any side that's got Nathan Cleary leading it round is uh, is in good hands. Um, and uh, I'm I'm most keen to see the second rowers and how they go. Uh, Crichton at fullback's interesting. Um, that's obviously, uh, you know, where he's said to be going to play at the Bulldogs next year. He's played a little bit at Penrith um, in the role when Dylan Edwards has been out injured. Personally, uh, I would have left him in the centres and played uh, Tito Taruva. He's, he's more of a fullback than a centre. Um but and we might see that they they swap around a little bit. They might do the uh, shot. Um, yeah. And as I said, if Penrith can get a reasonable lead, I think we'll see Jack Cogger yeah. take over at seven and uh and Nathan Cleary, like in a if it was a trial, would not play the full eighty minutes. All things going to plan. Um because it's a big match, we wanna Seller is a big match. All things going to plan if Penrith play to their potential. Um, if you had to pick a man of the match, Nathan Cleary's the the favourite. I'd imagine Isaiah Yo in there as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Jerome Luai. I think Jerome Luai is more likely to play eighty minutes. Um, as I said, I think we'll see Cogger take the field for quite a bit so if um yeah uh, but i'm looking forward to it uh, i'll be there uh i'm glad they put it back a little i would have been even happier if they put it back to about eight o'clock once the sun was pretty much down but it's gonna be warm it's gonna be but uh, i mean i'm not the one running around um that's true <laughs> you're just gonna sit in the uh stand. sit in the crowd yeah. with a, yeah. a cool beverage um Look, that, that, that's a big game this weekend. I'm, I'm not going to labour the point. We're just going to touch on a few key points for some of the trial matches. Um, just just going through the team list, there are some interesting things. I mean, I was having a look at that first game on Friday, the 5.55 kickoff game with the Knights and the Eels. Noticed a lot of big stars back in squads this week. Uh, Kalen Ponga starting at 5'8 with Jackson Hastings. Very interesting to see how that combination goes uh, this week. Um, Adam Elliott also playing his first match for uh, the club. Lockie Miller playing his debut. Um, a few players there for the Knights. Obviously for the Eels, you got your your big stars like your Gutherson's, your Dylan Browns, your Moses, Regan Campbell-Gillard. 
uh, Junior Bolo all lining up for their first game of the season. Uh, very interested to see players like uh, Hopgood and Murchie come into the Paris side. Um, so yeah, a few 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 positions up for grabs there, and some big players are playing in those ones. One thing I thought was interesting, guys, that that second game on Friday night, the Roosters versus the Seagulls. Please forgive me, was I living under a rock, but did I miss the uh, Roosters signing Corey Allen as a depth signing for their squad this year? Well, I think we talked about it in a previous... Yeah, I think we did, did talk we? about it. Talked oh, about okay, it. Yeah. yeah, he's playing this week. Um, Very interesting to see. Uh, I can't remember going in detail on that one, but obviously... um. The big name for He's them. A bit of a forgotten man, really, isn't he? Yeah, because he was one of those players where he, um, well, yeah, he, he played at South Sydney and Canterbury. And there was that season there, we're going back a few years ago, where he played into the finals of South Sydney. He played Origin, that's right. I forget that he mm-hmm. played Origin. So that's a good depth signing for them. Yeah, and there's also we talked a lot of, about that. Yeah, we did talk about that. There's also a lot of talk here too in regards to the Roosters um, and and the makeup of their squad as well. They've got the likes of um, uh, Jackson Paulo there. But um, they're, they're, the, they're, they're another team too which, which has some, some good depth coming up against that Manly side we talked about last week. A lot of the young players are still... Uh, a part of this squad here for Manly. Um, but uh, with Schuster, as I mentioned right at the top of the podcast, Schuster um, having a crack at 5'8 this week with uh, Johns in the halfback spot with Cherry Evans being rested until uh, round one. Um, this is a top-of-the-table clash, Graham. It is. And we, we really need to talk about the fact that the winner of this could very well be the... Um, inaugural preseason challenge champions both teams going into this they are the only two teams from round one that got maximum points that is a win plus the three bonus points so they'll be offloading their asses off they'll be looking for uh line breaks and if they win the game that'll help too but um yeah big game there um Jake Toby, as I mentioned before, he's on the bench again this week. I think he's really earned that because I thought he was good at fullback last week. Uh, other games this week, we've got the Dragons and the Rabbitohs out at Mudgee in the uh, traditional charity shield. Now, this is one of those ones where there's some big guns uh, hitting the field again. Uh, I mentioned earlier on in the, the podcast that St. George, after that uh, St. Helens game, had... Uh, Woods, Hunt, Molo, Sullivan, Sua, Kerr, Molo, the other Molo, Pumayano, Sloan, Musgrove coming in. But when you look at the South Sydney team, and I know people are going to say, I oh, listen to him go here, but realistically, when you've got the likes of Alex Johnson, Cameron Murray, Campbell Graham, Cody Walker, Damian Cook, Isaiah Tass, Isaac Thompson, Jai Arrow, Keon Kalamatangi, Lachlan Ilias, Latrell Mitchell, Shaq Mitchell, Davida Totola, Tom Burgess coming in, not to mention also to a, a young fella who a lot of people around South Sydney have, um, have talked about being a star of the future and an Australian under-18s player in Thomas Fletcher being in the squad. Uh, there's some real talent and real big names in here. And I'd suggest, Shane, that just quickly, because I know we've talked a lot about the other games, but 
given the fact that this is a traditional charity shield and up until mm. the World Club Challenge coming to Australia, this was the um, premier yeah. uh, trial game in Australia. South Sydney are effectively 1-13 to 13, um, with, uh, I think, a bit of a shootout between 14 and 15 with Taff and Mamazoulas, as you yeah. referred to earlier. Um, yep. <laughs> Hame Saleh and Havili on the bench there would give their best team, but... This is an opportunity for some of these players to show what they've got. A big game for Isaac Thompson, obviously. He's been given the nod. Uh, coming up against some of this mm. talent here, you've got Sloan, uh, Phenite, mm. Lomax last week, did a bit of switcheroo from left to right. The Charity Shield out at Mudgy these days as opposed to being uh, in Sydney. I know you were talking very passionately last week about the Charity Shield, what it stood for, what it was about, and how the NRL could learn from it in regards to the uh, pre-season challenge. Just wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, the fans would be hanging out for a bit of uh, comment on the Dragons versus Rabbitohs out at uh, Glen Willow Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Oh, it's it's going to be a warm game, Gray. It's, it's going to be hot out there. They've, they've put the um, game back for player safety. Um, it, it, it's going to be, they're going to be gassed, that's for sure. I think it's going to be one of those games, a typical charity shield where you tend to find that, you know, there's a team like South Sydney who seem to have, 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 have named their players, would like a little bit of a hit out before round one, get some combos happening. Get I, I think Blake Taft will come on as a genuine 14. I think you'll see him come on in that rotation and then you'll start to see Mamazelos come on for Cook and, and slowly start to... You know, shift them out where Taft will go to fullback. Um, in any of these games, you tend to find that the team that has uh, has it all to play for in the NRL, who who who's playing for top eight, playing for top four, tends to play for twenty minutes, half hour, top side, gets ahead by about twenty four nil, and then takes their players off, and then the other team who who don't have too much to play for, and back and. T- and, and um, if they keep their top line players on for a frag longer, can sometimes um, get back in the game and, and maybe with a wet sail win it. I really think that when they come out and when they uh, when they come out and kick off, I expect South Sydney to to absolutely uh, own this match early on. I, I I think looking at the two sides, if if, if, if South Sydney do, do, don't play this game with some sort of venom, then then they've got to they've got to go back to do some soul searching for round one. Looking at the two teams and looking at them, I know rugby league games aren't one on paper, but you know, looking at these two two teams and looking at these games, um, I, I really I really think that that this that you know, I really think that this game. Um, you know, looking at teams, I think South Sydney really, they've got they've got the ascendancy early on. Um, yeah, I go down that one to thirteen, and I think that that's that's a side that most players would say, or most players, sorry, most most fans would say that's a team that would get you in the top four, and should get you in the regardless of who you're playing and, and the way you're playing them. Um, I think it's. I think when I look at the the Dragons side, you now it's a very strong team for them. 
um, you know, the dragons are what the dragons are. There's there's people saying that they could finish anywhere from just outside the eight to 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 last. Um, yeah, I I even at South at one to seventeen, and looking who's on the bench, I I really think that that they should own this game early. After half time, depending on the side that comes out and the side that the Dragons got, it could be a different story. With their full 17 on the field, if South Sydney don't get up by 24, I think I think they've I think they'd go back to the drawing board on a couple of things. But looking at that side that's going to take the field um, from the kickoff, uh, they sh- they should they they should play very very well and i think that they they should actually um you know they should come ahead out of the wind i have no idea what the um what the what the betting agencies or anyone has them at i've got no idea what the what that is to know yeah yeah i can i can give you the head-to-head south sydney or a dollar 28 to the st george of the dragons 375 that's not surprising, and, and it's just going to be how long, how long um, the South Sydney team stay on the field. The longer they stay on the field, the further ahead they get. Alex Johnson very short for first try scorer. Just get yeah. I, I, look, you know, this is a South Sydney side which some people say could vie for the competition. That that top thirteen is a side which. A lot of people are saying could be the side that, that that cracks it into the grand final this year. Sure, fourteen to seventeen is still up in the air at times, but when you look at you know David Moali best, on the yeah, bench, that's what I was going to say. Their best, you know, their best David bench Moali forwards in twenty one. I think that's a bit know, of I think bit of I the think, smoke and I think, there. I think it is, and I think that. Sele and Havili come, still come back. Still come Cheekham. back. Cheekham deep in there, Shane. Your your fave. Uh, yeah, I. You weren't impressed on the weekend. No, I wasn't actually. Oh, Shane off um, the Cheekham. Yeah, I think sadly for him, we've got some young players coming through, which which could um, some you know, which, which could uh. Yeah, which which might actually um, which might which might you know uh, topple him off off the spot. You know, you never know. Um, For the Dragons, though, in all fairness, they've got a few players coming into this team that didn't play last week. Um, as as I mentioned earlier, you've got your the likes of um, Ben Hunt, who effectively i mean i know we don't really run the carpool player of the year anymore but if we were to do our daily m votes um yeah 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 yeah, yeah we, we probably had him as the yeah. best player last year uh yeah. some other quality players i mean zane musgrove a former rabbitoh coming over another former rabbitoh mm. and fumiano there tyrell sloan um he's He's coming in. He played All Stars last week. Um, well, for all intents and purposes, like, we've gotten by there you know, in the number all, six. Yeah, you know, was he was a Tyrell Sloan where his grandmother told him to suck it up? And it's not as bad as what you think. Is that I didn't hear that story. I don't know. I must have missed yeah. that one. But um, he's I he's. I do a, believe he was raised by his grandmother. Yeah, he's yeah. a real talent. And the thing I think people are forgetting, he's a. 
he's a kid, mate. He is twenty years old, and he's an established name in the the NRL. Um, he's obviously a young man with a lot of talent who has been on a bit of a you know, a roller coaster ride in a sense where he's got a lot of praise, a lot of that. Um, yeah, a lot of people talking him up coming in and that, uh, you know, that gun rookie uh, tag is, is is a difficult one. He's he's that little bit older this year. Um, I think they'll be looking for big things from him. He's back in the number one for the, for the Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but, but across the board, I mean, I, I think this is us also saying too, we don't expect the Dragons to be a huge force in this premiership. But um, look, you know, as we say, for, for a lot of fans, for the preseason, this was the preseason game. Another one that's probably lost. Can I, can I just, can I just add something to that um, whole, can I just add something to the whole, um, you know, that game. And and if you're looking at South Sydney and a South Sydney fan, it's very interesting um, that they have, um, that they have, they've got the Chill Mitchell on the field. I think Blake Taft will play the genuine 14 role. And then, um, Kayla Kayla is also one of the reserves. Mm. I think he's going to get a go at fullback at some stage in this in this game. Yeah, because he's an out and out fullback, and he yeah, he they'll, they'll, yeah. I know I, these I days think, it's. I think he. I think he. I think what we say, Taff might fullback. I know he might slip into he might slip into wing spot for 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 um for Johnson or something, but I'm just, I'm, I reckon there's going to be a period of time in this match where the, he plays fullback just to say, this is what it's like. And a bit of trivia on the charity shield. It's actually the 40th charity shield. I thought there might be a 40th. bit more. Wow. Hullabaloo. No, I, yeah. It's the 40th. The first charity shield was in 1982. That's um, right. This you, is don't, a, you don't remember that one, Graham. That was uh, before I was born. Indeed. Um, You're a yeah, very young man. I do remember going to the Charity Shield in the 90s. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it's, it's, it's older than me. And interesting tidbit, uh, there's been 39 Charity Shields. It's currently 17 Charity Shields apiece with five drawn. So the Five draws? On, five yeah. draws, yep. Wow. Oh. There's been five draws over those uh, 39 yep. games and then uh, oh. 17 apiece. So the winner on Saturday night will actually go ahead in the uh, the head-to-head in the Charity Shield. And obviously this is... I have a gut feeling I went to the 86 one at Redfern. I went to an early one when I was a kid. Dragons won that one 12-0. Yes. <laughs> I Mixed remember. Stones. Mixed times yeah. the ref. Actually, I remember um, they used to get hit. I remember it was um two nil at half time or something. Late was, <laughs> so was, But this I is a game. Eighty six. I remember going to watch South and Penrith. And I think the game. I think it finishes six four, and there wasn't a try in the game. I remember it was going like three penalty goals to two. I remember going to at Penrith Park. Obviously, a few in the nineties. But this is this is one of those things too. I remember going to one in the nineties, the late nineties. Mm-hmm. And at the SFS, they used to have them at the SFS. Yep. 
and you get high, like you get thirty something thousand. You get oh massive yeah, crowds. Yeah. It was a that big was deal. But this that was, was before the days of it being televised. Yeah, X Y Z and no. so on and so forth. But look, um, obviously, um, yeah, seventeen apiece, five draws. The winner on the weekend will go ahead. We'll go eighteen seventeen. If there's a draw, then obviously it'll be seventeen seventeen six. But um, traditional game, uh, big preseason game. Now taken to regional areas and uh, Mudgy. Mudgy's done a great job at hosting that actually. Yeah, I went out, I remember, we went out to one. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was a couple good. of years ago. Yeah. And I'll be honest they, with you too. Um, very, they do a very good job. Excellent like, job also to too. Hats off. Ground, to uh, yeah. groundskeeper do wonderful jobs out there. So uh, hats off to groundskeeper Willie at Mudgy. Um, obviously, a uh, um, lot of work goes in there. Um, other games this weekend, uh, the Queensland derbies continue with the Broncos taking on the Cowboys. As you'd imagine, a lot of stars back for these ones. No uh, Reese Walsh. Cobbo's coming back from his stint in the All-Stars, going to full back there. Um, also thought it was interesting to note that we've got, for the Broncos, I... Th- I swear I looked at this the other day and uh, Adam Reynolds was named, but I can't see him now. Have you guys... No, nah, he's out. He's out. Oh, he's injury. Out today. Back injury. Yeah. injury, yep. Ruled out. Yeah. Out today. Yep. Because so, he was yeah, named, but then he's... Off shape for round one, yeah. apparently. Yeah. 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 yeah, so Jock Madden in at half, from what Jock we're Madden hearing. Jock Madden is in there. Yeah, so a bit of an interesting one there. You know, read what you want in that one. Obviously, maybe showing his age a little bit. Another injury. Uh, the Cowboys, um, they've got twelve of the thirteen that started the game against the Eels last year playing in this one. Um, obviously, the only player not there, Tom Gilbert. He's actually at the Dolphins. So strong, strong team there. Um, I also think it's very interesting. We talked a little bit um, about this the other week, guys. But um, Jages- Jack Jageski will be playing in this game. Also, James Tamo off the bench. So they're probably the new signings that people will be looking at uh, quite closely there. But looking at these games here, the Cowboys, they've still got a strong side. And they'll be looking at this as a yeah. bit of a hit out uh going into round one. But I do get a feeling, guys, that the Cowboys are kind of that team that have 17 good players. And I worry that if they had a few injuries, I don't know how they go depth-wise. I don't know if you guys have a bit of a different thought on that one. Yeah. Well, I okay. guess you could say that about any team, really. Yeah. Um <laughs> They do. They do have a few good youngsters that uh, we we saw a bit of last week. Um, big signing for them today. I think it was a four-year extension of Jeremiah Nanai, mm. uh, which is a big uh, big plus for those both the boys from Townsville. Um, yeah, they're going to be there uh, probably around about top four again. Uh, you would expect with the with the squad they've got, but particularly their top seventeen, as you say, um, and the fact that their draws not quite as bad as some of the other teams from Sydney, predominantly. Mm. Um, yeah, they're they're going to be there when the whips are cracking. 
Um, but yeah, I guess we'll we'll see how they go. I mean, they they faded in that game last year against. They had the game won, I thought, against the Eels up in Townsville and didn't get the job done. So um, they're going to really want to prove to themselves that they're the real deal. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah. they're going to finish higher up the ladder than what the Broncos are this year. Um, I'm not ruling the Broncos out of the eight, but I think they're going to find it yeah. tough. They're a tough one to put your finger on, aren't they? And I think yeah. I think the, the personnel. I mean, as we said, Reese Walsh, massive signing for them. But if he's missing early on, that could impact on after long season. But these are all things that impact. Um, the fact that Adam Reynolds is having to be rested in a trial concerns me, especially given his age and the fact that he's got uh, a few injuries under his belt from last season. So we'll have to see how they go. But um. The next clubs I want to talk about just very briefly, um, on Sunday they play each other, the Warriors and the Storm. I want to talk about the Warriors first of all because they've got some new recruits on board. Uh, Chance Nickel Klockstad, um, Mitch Barnett, um, Nikore Dylan, Dylan Walker's in the squad. I mean, there's some players here I mean, that are coming aboard and uh, they've got some new names. That's basically what I'm getting at. Um, and some players that are household names, if you're a uh, Carpool Rugby League listener. They had a strong outing last week, obviously, against the Tigers. I don't know if we can read too much into that. Um, oh, no, I don't think we can read too much, but it'll give them some but, confidence. Yeah, but, I mean, the likes of Nickel Clockstad being there, um, Mitch Barnett, I mean, we've had big raps on him for years. Yeah, he's uh, playing up role. front, though. It's it's. Uh, I don't think he ever played up front for the Knights. It was either predominantly in the second row, or possibly mm. lock. But I don't think we've seen him in a number ten. I'm not entirely sure he's a bookend. No, I, I, well, yeah. I guess we're going to find out, Shane. <laughs> yes, that's true, but I, I, I yeah, agree I with you. No. Yeah, and 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 a, a similar conversation too, because these days, depending on how you want to play your lock, a lot of clubs. Play the luck. It's almost like the lock is the third prop with a bit of ball skills. Um, they play, you know, sometimes when you're getting picked for squads, if you're a prop, you can fill in at lock. Another player who you guys know very, very well, who's played a lot more on the edges, who's playing in the middle in the number 13 for the Storm this week is Tom Eisenhuth. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually um, surprised. Normally we see him in the, in the second row, but. Uh... Yeah, playing playing lock. Uh, I hope he has an injury free year. He's had, had luck, terrible luck over the years. Oh, poor man. Terrible luck, but um, yeah. good. You know, wish him all the best. I, I think it's a big rap for him, given the fact that this week the Storm are naming a team with the likes of your Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant. They're coming back for their first game of the year. Um, it was actually funny, Christian. Christian Welsh last week. I don't know if you guys saw him in the post game. Um, he he came back from a big Achilles injury and uh, played last week, and he, he he had a bit of a laugh. You can tell he's uh, he's a bit older, wiser, and uh, got a bit more experience in him. He came off the field and he said, "Geez, I don't know where these young blokes come from, but every year they just come back bigger and faster." Um, 
I saw his name in the squad and I wanted to comment on that because it does say something about the way our game's going. There are some big young lads coming through. It is getting bigger. It is getting mm. faster. And someone like Christian Christian Welsh, he's a quality player who's uh, he's been around for a long time but still uh, obviously a big part of the Storm team. 100%. Yeah, he is a massive part. And they missed him last year. Yeah, they did. Uh, I know they lost a lot of forwards, um, like Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich. Um, yeah. The Dolphin trainer. Yeah. Uh, but he's almost like a new signing um, because he missed yeah. the whole year, basically. Mm-hmm. Likewise, uh, not the whole year, but a lot of the year. Um, uh, no, sorry, take that back. Liero was uh, there most of the year. I, I was getting confused with um, with the balloon. Who uh, looks a little bit oh, similar yes. to Trent Liero, tall and uh, uh, quite powerful. Um, the balloon, of course, is—I uh, don't know—he's not listed this week, is he? I don't think he is. Um, don't know when he's due back. The balloon, but we look forward to him coming back for the Cowboys. He is uh, certainly—you know—we talked about the Cowboys' depth, top seventeen. Balloon's not there, so when he comes back in, he, he adds something. So, yeah, I just think Melbourne, uh, yeah. If you look yeah, at that yeah. team, that, that that one to five in that back line, it's, it, I know we've said this in previous, previews, but it's not as scary as it once was. Once well, that's, that's what I was saying, Graham. Well, yeah. I, I think I, I'm really surprised they're, they're third on the line of betting. Um, yeah, I, I agree. We, we we spoke about this during the week, didn't we? And yeah. I know the listeners weren't there, but yeah, it's 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 this surprising thing where it's almost because their name is the Storm. I I said it last year; they didn't have the venom in them. They had, and the hot, uh, Pappenhausen getting injured didn't help. But it just they just I just don't see the venom that they once had. Mm. And even like the the player there that I'm interested to look at and. You know, is the name amongst the, the three quarters is young Tonomapia. And um, it's starting to get ironic now these days that his name's young because he's probably about 30. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a name that we Forever we've seen. young. Yeah, that's right. Forever young. I want to be yeah. forever young. Yes, yeah. uh, and he yeah, is. Mel, Mel Gibson, good movie. Yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, that that backline doesn't have the sting. Obviously, they've got a lot of talent across the board in other areas, but uh, like we said, games aren't won on paper. But they've got some significant superstars. But you add Pappenhausen and uh, Olam into that backline, and all of a sudden you're going, "Wow, that's a that's a bit more scary." And probably Meany moving into the into a wing spot. Uh, it's it's a totally different dynamic, and um. Look, I'd say Terry, uh, uh, that Nick Meany would have that fullback spot for the first six weeks. The other thing I was going to mention is Tarek Sims. He's still a few weeks away. Um, he's got a calf injury. However, when I get right down the, the list, uh, number 20, I don't know if you guys went that far, Xavier Coates, number 20. Oh, yep. Yeah, so yeah, he has certainly keep had. Keep an eye on that. Yeah. So him coming got back some good in, players in that extended bench like oh, Pezzard is a very good Penne. player. Wishart, we mm. know. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan Grant's had a fair bit of first grade. Alec McDonald, likewise. 
Arima, he's played um, a lot of football. He's played a lot of football. But I, th- I think, you know, he's very much a stopgap. But uh, uh, Joe Chan, um, the only guy listed right throughout the rounds who all of his letters in his surname are capitals. So stands yeah. out Joe Chan. Yeah, um, the, the, yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. Last week he had the same thing. Yeah. What do you think that is? Do you reckon that's um? Do you reckon that's how they? Do you reckon that's one it, of those anonymous typos? <laughs> I think we need to get in in contact with Joe. I think it might be one of those things where um, look, I don't know. Maybe it's uh it's a legal thing, and on the birth certificate, the old man when um he was born. Uh, for whatever reason, did capitals, and there might have been an indication not to. I mean, we're parents, Griffo. We know that when you fill out that form, you you make sure you, <laughs> you spell everything correctly. <laughs> you don't want to bugger up the kids' uh, uh, legal names. So pretty, who knows? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was last week. It was all capitals yeah. as well for, for Joey Chan. Uh, who would have um, thought the, the NRL man. doing the uh, the cut and paste? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they cut and paste know. it from somewhere else because they weren't sure how to spell it because it's it's you know it's only got four letters. Look, anyway, um, Sunday Tigers Raiders. We talked a bit about the Raiders before. Obviously, they got injury concerns. Is that um, the Portaloo game of the round, Shana? <laughs> might as well be, hey mate. It's 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 not only two teams that may struggle. The Raiders, you just don't know what you're getting sometimes. But not only to compound that, it's a trial. Um, Tigers, though, I'm going to talk about the Tigers first of all with their ins because there are a lot of big names coming in, and some of them are names that um, we don't always associate with the Tigers. Uh, you know, your players like David Clemmer, but they've got Papaliti, so there's some, you know, some big household names there. Uh, Dewey, as we like to call him on the podcast, those who are new to the podcast may know him as Adam Dewey. We we prefer the um, traditional Lebanese pronunciation of Dewey. Uh, Kem Mamalo. It's actually, I think I think last year he came out and said at the end of the season it's going to be Dewey. Just, just just get my name right because you might yeah. as well. I, he was a good bloke though. He was pretty cool about it. He said, "Look, if it's easier, just call me Dewey." So. But um, Kemba Marlow, who yeah. I don't know their captain situation this this year. He was a former. No, captain, that's interesting. Wasn't he? Today, uh, Appy named sole captain. One captain. No, Appy. Appy, he's not playing this week, but he's and the captain. Was, <laughs> maybe the uh the the six vice captains are taking over this week. But yeah, Mamalo, Nofaluma, Laurie there, as you mentioned. Um, Appy Corusau will not be there this week. I hear they're resting him after. He lost a push-up challenge to a youngster at uh, Ultimo Primary School, I think it was today, doing a bit of promotional work. But, um, I mean, I'm I'm taking the mickey there. Obviously, a lot of big names coming in. Appy, they want to make sure he's right for uh, round one. I think the biggest thing for the Tigers this year, and Appy had a bit of a laugh about it on the media today, um, saying that they got Tim Sheens, and as he said, he said... Last time Tim Sheens uh, coached in the NRL was back in the 1800s, and whilst the games evolved from then, uh, the fundamentals stay the same. So 
he's keeping his good spirits and having a bit of a laugh in regards to what's happening there with Tim Sheens. Um, Benji Marshall on board and the coaching staff. Some players who last week had some um, some good moments. Um, Bolo's there on the bench. Staines, as we mentioned earlier on in the podcast, also on the bench there. A uh, lot of players coming back into this squad here. Um, we know for the Raiders, Savage won't be there. Um, no Savage. and Fogarty will be in the halves. Um, Rapana playing fullback. Yeah, he's so, done a bit of that. Right, they're joining Rocks and Diamonds. It's um yeah, it's not necessarily his uh his position. Um, Papali'i in this week, Danny Levi at hooker. Um, one of our favourites, Emery Gula, is there in the front row. Uh, young and yeah, uh, whitehead. Yeah, both players who are um mainstays in the um. Raiders side and uh, Joe Tarpany coming back from All-Stars camp. So this is another one of those games, guys, where we've got a lot of stars coming back in. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's these two are those teams where rather than us saying these guys are coming in, they're playing for a spot, I kind of feel like with these two teams, and it may sound disrespectful, that they've got a top 17 and they're choosing that 17 based on the fact that they're the 17. It's not as though they're going, oh, we've got six blokes on the on the bench that can push for a spot. I think um, both these teams are just looking for, for consistency this year from their, their named players. Yeah, I think they've both got finals aspirations. I think the Raiders would probably be there. Um, I think they're a little bit aided by a softer draw. Um I don't think the Tigers will make it, but I think they're going to have a much better year. Um, this is not their best side. They're rolling out this week. No happy there. Um, it's going to make a big difference when he comes in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's and and, and he's he's a massive key in that side. And... Uh, on John Bateman, as far as I'm aware, still not in the country yet. That that's a big issue, I think, because you build over the preseason, um, and he's not been part of it. So. Mm. We know he's a quality player, but you know he's coming in. It's a, it's a it's a visa delay, isn't it? Well, that's what they're saying. But because because just to fill the fans in, I know we've talked about it in previous episodes. Effectively, John Bateman, formerly of the Raiders, uh, Tigers signing. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand. Um, yeah, I heard James Graham. He thought it might might have been uh, not so much uh, a visa problem. He's just probably not filled out a few forms just so he gets out of preseason. Uh, so it's half joking. They said that, but I know it's um, a piss tape, but it's not what you want to hear. Well, yeah, I've not. How many guys have have had this issue before? There's, this mate, there's there's a whole squad of them from St Helens that. Got through exactly. That's what I'm saying, Graham. <laughs> it's uh, there's more to it. Got to be. Yeah. Got to yeah. be more to it. They but anyway, it, like they do. They 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 do. And um, I hope they have a good good turnout on the weekend because there's some players in this Tiger squad 
that are really hard workers, that are really quality, that are really good footballers. I mean, we talked the other week about Tommy Talao. I'm really interested to see him with a season under his belt without any injury. I mean, Brent Naden, we know um, from being a youngster at Penrith. Uh, Rocks or diamonds. Yeah, but you know, you get you get him diamonds. He's that's what you want to say. A lot of these players, and I think you prove a fair point there. A lot of these players are rocks and diamonds. You just want yeah. to see as many diamonds as possible. And um, yeah, North Fulmer, likewise, he's back from the storm. Yeah, he's you know he's rocks and diamonds. Um, rocks in attack, diamonds in defence. Essentially, good to uh, see Alex Twall back from uh, big fan I from think it was, Alex it was a uh, a concussion based I- uh, rest. And then uh, you got Sean Bloor back from injury on the bench there. So um, some good ins for the Tigers. And um, yeah, I, I think they're in, in for a much better year. Whether it's enough to make the eight, I'm not sure. But, but uh, a good a good year coming up, I think, for these boys. The, um, the, the next game on the weekend, uh, just to quickly touch on it, I'm not actually going to point out the players on the field. However... The Bulldogs-Sharks game, I think the biggest news coming out of these two teams this week is um, the extension of uh, Coach Fitzgibbon. Yeah, it's massive. Massive show of um, faith in him as a coach um, and in stability. And if you look at the top-line clubs, very stable uh, Bennett, sorry, not Bennett. Um, Trent Robinson at the Roosters, Bellamy at uh, at the Storm, Ivan Cleary has been at Panthers for a while, and even though Demetrio, you know, was his first year last year at the Rabbitohs, he'd been part of the system for a while. So stable clubs uh, are generally more successful, um, and uh, I, I think it's a good good sign-in for the Sharks, and uh, I think it'll result in uh, players who are there wanting to stay and also makes it uh, lucrative. Um, yeah. Am, am I being... Well, well, let's face it. Stability in the Sharks previously has gone together like toothpaste and orange juice. I think that we... Now, I remember, and, and this is going back in one of the... In a podcast many years ago, we, we said the only way the Sharks are going to be any type of rugby league club is if their board and everything has stability. They've done that. They've, they've gotten some stability, sort of the back of the house has stability. Now the front of house, they've got a guy like Fitzgibbon locked in. I, I think it's I think it's a smart move. I you know, there was a commentator uh, today talked about being premature. I don't think it's premature. I think it's I think it's actually uh, good business sense, you know, on behalf of the sharks to do this. If I look at the Sharks team for this week, am I like am I am I getting a bit too over the top here in saying that they're one to seventeen that are named this week? Mm-hmm. I actually think they've got one of the better teams on paper in mm-hmm. the NRL. If we look at their one to seventeen, I don't know if you guys have it up, but yeah, yeah, well, you know, Kennedy, Katoa, yeah, Ramey, and Talakai. Yeah, um, they do. Well, that, they've got it. How very, good was Nico Hines last good, week? By the way, 
Nico Hines. Moylan Hines. Nico Hines, he, he was. He was very, very good. Um, obviously the player of the year, but even going I think the this pack, look, to, Toby to be Rudolph. Honest, to be honest with you, I think, I think this is their 1-17. to 17. I agree. I mean, even look at that bench. McInnes, Graham, Kafusi, Hamlin, Uele. Uh-huh. They've got an absolutely phenomenal side. It's... um. I, I think the Sharks are a team to watch. I think mm. they'll learn from last year. I know a lot of us were very critical. I myself think that they were, you know, redlining throughout the season, didn't have another gear. But, um, yeah, they're, 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 they're one of those sides. Uh, the dogs there. Um, Adokar in, Burton in. Um, Perham's in at uh, fullback. Kick out in the second row. Um, Reed Marnie at hooker. It's a good Josh forward Reynolds. Got there. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're building as well. I'll be interested to see because Griffo, this team's almost been dubbed uh, going forward as the uh, the Canterbury Panthers. I know it's a obviously the signing and the the Seraldo and Gus Gould uh, regime there, but. Um, Beyond that, even you know, with the likes of Reed Marnie and um, even Hayes Perham at, uh, at at fullback, they've got to be a talent in this side. No, oh, they've got a lot of talent. Um, yeah, I like their forward pack and and what they offer off the bench as well in the forwards. Uh, yeah, they they're going to go well this year. Uh, they got some. Some good, talented outside backs. Young guys. Alamotti is highly uh, highly rated. We haven't seen too much of him in the NRL, but Kiraz, we've, we saw a lot of last year. He was good. Uh, there are big raps on a fellow called Skelton. He's listed at 19. Good boy, apparently. I think he did play last week, Jarrell Skelton. But he's had raps on him for a few years. Um, obviously they got the Fox there, who's world class, but very good. And, um, Flanagan, a much mm. maligned guy. I think he's, he's, his job is not to set the, the NRL alight. It's just to, uh, to, to guide them around the park, you know? Um, and I think he's capable of that. Um, He's going to get good ball from Reed Marnie. He's going to have the forward pack you would expect that are not going to be dominated too often. Um, yeah, I think good things uh, ahead for these guys. Yep, uh, I, I like I like the fact they're also. I think I think Seraldo's mixed this up as if to say there's a bit of competition now. If you think you're a walking start to some of these positions, you've got another thing coming. You're yeah. going to have to play quality football, and I think that's the best way to run a football club. That's what you want to create, that healthy competition within the squad to push the players, to push everyone along. And that's what the Dolphins are hoping for too. We've got the um, – it's almost like the former Dolphins playing the uh, the new Dolphins in a sense. We've got the, the Dolphins of the Red Red Cliff variety taking on the Gold Coast uh, Titans. Yes, the, the two most recent NRL clubs. 
Yes, they are. They are the newest kids on the block. Um, the Dolphins, obviously, last week had that draw. A lot of fans are trying to get a gauge of them. Um, the Hammer, he will be playing fullback this week. Um, Branko Lee, um, he'll be playing with Tessie Niu in the centres. Sean O'Sullivan at halfback this week. Um few other players in some names that people will notice. Uh, Jesse Bromwich, uh, Jeremy Marshall King, Mark Nichols. Smashing, baby. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, Kafusi, Kevin Bromwich, Tom Gilbert. Um, they're all coming in for uh, the Dolphins, obviously, to make up what may look like their possible uh, first team in the NRL. Um Kieran Foran, I notice, will play his first game for the Titans. Uh, he's going to play alongside Tanner Boyd, AJ Brimson at fullback, um, Jaden Campbell on the bench there, Sam Verrills. I think he'll be the one to watch in this team, the former Rooster. He's obviously uh, making his debut. He's playing hooker, and uh, from what I understand, he'll also skip at the side. Um, uh, Big Tino and Mo Fotowaka playing this week. As well, um, for those playing at home, if you've got your bingo card and you're waiting to hear a reference to the sex bomb, uh, tick that one off. He's in number 20 um, for the Titans. Uh, I think the, the talking point here, guys, is the fact that the Dolphins are really looking to, to finalize that first grade team. We've talked a lot in the offseason about what their team may look like and the fact that they may have a look. They could they could bring out a team one to seventeen that most NRL fans would say yes. I know just about every player in that side, but I think most NRL fans would also say yes. I'm ticking them off as being north of uh, twenty five. Uh, this this team here is looking like very similar to what they might run out with the likes of um, those players I mentioned. In addition to you know your Robert Jennings, Milford. Um, also when I mentioned Nick Arima on the bench, Ray Stone, Wallace, SASA, so on and so forth. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a little surprised that you and Aiken is not in that seventeen. He's he's listed at eighteen. Um, Katoa also, and and I think that's to be expected. That uh, Sean O'Sullivan didn't play last week. I don't well, not what I was watching. Lamulu and then such balance to Fare. Um, so they would see themselves as having a, a bit of depth. Um, I like the fact that Jack Bostock is on the wing, but I thought he was a development player, so we might not see him there. Is he the young bloke from um, Score the trial last week? Yes, yep. Yeah, he's Scored. from the Steelers. Someone put a kick through. Tall fellow, um, good player, played under 19s for, for mm. the Blues last year. Yeah, but uh, maybe he, maybe he's not a development player. And originally, when I looked at their list, he was. In which case, he wouldn't be able to play as round one, or maybe not till halfway through the year. But yeah, it's not a bad looking uh, squad. But I think it won't be far off round one, would it? 
Like, no, obviously, but, as I said, I would have thought you and Aiken might have been in there. Because he's traditionally a centre, isn't he? So... Well, he can play centre or back row. So at least I would have thought he'd been on a bench because he's so versatile. But Wayne Bennett knows more than I do. Because mm, you also got uh, Katoa on the bench there. Um, and obviously, um, some of the other players not necessarily uh, players we're as familiar with. Um the Titans, um, I suppose for them, uh, Kieran Foran, the Shoot Dog, a few players coming in. They're always one of those play- those teams that are sort of on the fringe. Um, I just, I, I don't know if they've got the depth for this to feel genuinely like a first grade trial for for spots. I don't know. Yeah, I think this team looks actually decent on paper, but. The, their problem is, is is performing in the game. Uh, um, I prefer Brimson at fullback. Uh, the winger, Khan Pereira, has got big wraps on him. He's quite a speedster, apparently, as uh, Jojo Fafita's got wraps on him. We know the Shoot Dog's really solid in defence, which has been an area that's been a problem for him. Sami's an origin player. Um and then they're going with Thorne and Boyd, um, uh, which I don't think it's a bad back line. I think probably, you know, obviously you've got Jaden Campbell on the bench. Uh, interesting to see where he fits in. Um, I think their forward pack's pretty solid. Uh, I think Verrills is going to make a big difference. Uh, you got Tino's as good as pretty much any prop running around. Yeah. Jolliffe's okay. David Fafita at his best world class. Uh, I, I really rate Bill Fermo. Isaac Leal's a pretty solid guy. Spent a lot of time at the Roosters. Um, and you got Mole Fodawaka on the bench, so and he's pretty good. He's an origin player again. Um, I think if they can't beat the, the Dolphins, they'll be a little bit concerned. I think they should beat the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but again, yeah. they lose well, you know, it's a trial. So. It's a trial. And, that, and that's one of those things. These results aren't uh, aren't really going to mean much. Probably the only result that means anything would be the World Club Challenge before we uh, head off, fellas, and uh, wrap it up. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, score prediction, World Club Challenge. What do you got, Griffo? Panthers by how much? Yeah. <laughs> no. As long as it it's wins. a hard yeah. one, isn't it? You you yeah. take a Panthers win by one, but yeah. if you had to no, had to give a gauge, well, look at I know a lot of, a lot of pundits are saying that they're going to win fairly easily. But, um, yeah, look, I'll go Penrith by fourteen. Shana, you got the Panthers. Forty-two twelve. 42-12, so you've got a 30-point Oh, no. Win. Yeah, till we... No. Yes. <laughs> Nellons, nah. Nellons. No, no, 42-12, I've got the I'll go... I'll write these down just to, for argument's sake. I'm going to go Penrith by 24 will be mm-hmm. the margin. So we'll see how we go. Um, well, I'll show you the score. I'll take Yeah, 30-plus. <laughs> 
Thirty plus. There. Shano's covered the scoreline score and the temperature. Forty-two. They're going to probably make the five line breaks. They'll have five tries. Yeah, I've covered. I've covered the temperature. I've covered the temperature, the temperature of the score in line. and in England. Yeah, that's, that's uh, right. Well yeah, that is yeah. true. But in um, the north of England, it'll be a it'll be a good week of footy this week. Um, a lot of clubs, especially in the first uh, half of their games, running out what you'd almost call their, their full-strength team. If not, they're looking at finalising uh, positions towards the end there. We've also got uh, the World Club Challenge, uh, the traditional Charity Shield match. And, um, yeah, plenty to, plenty to look forward to. The other thing we want to look forward to is um, next week we've got the uh, the season preview. So, obviously, it's these are the last games preview. before... The uh the season actually uh starts it kicks off and and happens so there's no footy next week but um yeah looking forward to next week guys uh get get prepared because the uh the aim of the game next week is that we're trying to get mm-hmm. uh, a preview of the season so tune in next week guys there'll be another podcast that's where we go through our our top eight. Um, we'll even give a bit of insight into who we think might be the minor premiers, the premiers. We might even have a have a chat about all the exotics that we normally put in our local tipping comp fellas with the uh, first coach sack, so on and so forth. The captain, but, uh, no, there he is. No, there the captain is. was gone for a minute. He's back. Oh, he's back. He's back. He, you're, you're back. Gone for right. You're back. Oh, you lost me. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Maybe I'm, I was unstable. <laughs> the funny thing is, because I, I assumed re- it was me. <laughs> Because I'm recording, the listeners, they'll have me the whole time. So you guys. Oh, are good. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so don't worry. I didn't, like I didn't say anything insightful. I was just plugging next week and saying how uh, how good it might be. But um, oh, that's, a great, that, that's a great thing. Yeah, other than that, fellas. Uh, I've got two wishes. two wishes. Two wishes. Two wish arts. <laughs> now Griffo's going. It's like Telstra's taking turns at uh, getting rid of the uh, mm. the couple of rugby leaguers. Still... Yeah, go on, mate. Uh, What'd you have? Okay, two wishes. Uh, I don't have a genie or anything, so I can't make it happen. But uh, Penrith to be world club champions, and I want no injuries for any yes. team. That's 100%. any team. Yeah, I'll I'll mm-hmm. with that. I'll be honest with you. Um, there are one of those that I think is highly likely, and one of those that isn't. The uh, that was me getting rid of the outro ready. If you look, that's that's. If you're still with us after three hours, you deserve that. But uh, good. Yeah. No, looking at the first week of the preseason challenge, I don't know if uh, no injuries is realistic. I hope so. I think you you're pretty likely with uh. The no injuries there, Griffo, but um, yeah. Look, all that's really left to do is to to sign off, isn't it, fellas? I mean, I've I've given away the fact that I'm trying to cue the music. Um, one hundred percent. Big week. Well, thank you, we listeners. Will... We thank look you forward listeners. to uh, you being with us again. Appreciate the fact that uh, again, if you're still listening at this point in time. <laughs> You are a die-hard Carpool Rugby League fan. Thank you. We will be crowning a pre-season champion next week. 
Oh, oh wow. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. The Crown. Watch it on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I'm going to call it the... I'm going to call it... I think it'll be called the Prince Philip Award. Oh. No, 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 no. It's better than the Prince no, Andrew. No. The Camilla. Oh, the Camilla. <laughs> the Camilla. Who will win the Camilla? Yes, I won't I be thought... nasty. I won't be. I was going to say something, but <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Prince Albert. Anyway, <laughs> music's done. See you guys. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you, everyone.